Derek Chauvin found guilty on every single count, or at least all the murder charges. When they announced the verdict was coming in, turn the TV on, I sat down, and we all sat in suspense waiting for them to make the announcement. And the judge came in and he read the verdict on the count of murder in the second degree, guilty, murder in the third degree, guilty, and manslaughter in second degree, guilty. And I think a lot of people expected this because the, the verdict came back so soon. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. As soon as this verdict came out, we saw people in the streets, you know, cheering, celebrating, and crying. Now they're marching already. I don't know if there's going to be riots. I think there likely still will be riots because all of the people are outside. That's all that really matters. A lot of people don't care about whether there's a verdict or not. And some of these organizations and activists are saying it's not justice. Obama said it's not justice. AOC said it's not justice. True justice would be if Floyd was still alive and the whole system has to be reformed. So these people are out marching. I think it's possible that eventually the police say you need to stop and go home. They say F you. They throw a brick. Boom, more riots. It's going to be particularly interesting to see how the public reacts when they realize that nothing will satiate the violence. We got a lot about this to talk about. There's a lot of stories. Maxine Water was defended by Democrats over her threat threats. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Against the jury and incitement to insurrection. And we're going to have to break this down. And uh, man, it's going to get brutal. But we have, a, we have a great guest today. We have former Trump staffer and current, uh, well, I guess you're running for Congress in Illinois 16th, Catalina Love. Yeah. Want to introduce yourself real quick? Yes. Thanks so much for having me. I'm running for Congress in Illinois 16th District, uh, former appointee to the Department of Commerce uh, and Midwestern girl. You are running against the infamous Adam Kinzinger. Yes. He was one of the 10 who voted uh, to impeach President Trump. And is just all around, uh, you know, weak need backstabbing. There's uh, still some time until the, it's a, the primary, right? Is that when yes, it? yes. So it'll be next year. Uh, we're running in 2022, and and it's been a great, great run so far. A lot of people are so fed up with the way that you know not only politicians on all sides of the aisle have been acting lately, but certainly uh, some of these kind of traitors on the Republican Party side. So we're really excited, and we've had a ton of energy and support, and we can't wait. Right on. Well, we'll we'll talk all about it. We got Ian. He's chilling. Yo, what up, dudes? Ian Cross on Ovahia. Ian, Ian was pissed. I was. I was like, Ian, stop swearing. I was out of my <laughs> was, mind. Yeah. Tim earlier was like, well, they already fe- they already came to a, a verdict, and I was like, well, I guess he's innocent then. I guess they found mm-hmm. him innocent. That was my only because it was so it fast. Was so fast. Yeah. But I guess getting him guilty on all equally as possible. It's just shocking. It's like clown world. 
I would I would have been if it was. Well, we'll save it. We'll save it. Yeah. Because we're gonna go off. We got Lydia. She's yeah, I'm also here. I'm so excited to have Catalina. She's just like freaking inspiring. She's about my age, and she's making it happen. And don't forget to go to TimCast.com and become a member. Just at the top, you can see this member area, members area. Click that, and you can see a whole bunch of really awesome segments that you can only listen to at TimCast.com. So we will have a bonus segment coming up after this show at TimCast.com. Become a member. Help support our work in the event that we get banned because. You know, the bands are happening, uh, and it's and it's serious. It may be getting better, but it comes and goes in waves. So we set this up in the event. We do get purged, like everybody, like many others. But we're going to be doing a lot more uh, uh, great work on the channel with new shows, uh, new podcasts, and uh, even comedy music. So uh, check it out, and don't forget to like, share, subscribe, hit the notification bell, and leave us a good review if you're listening on iTunes or Spotify. Enough. It is time to talk news. I wanted to save the, the, keep the intro to a, to a minimum because we are about to go off on this. Jury finds Derek Chauvin guilty of murder. No swearing. No swearing. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. Dude. No, I could believe it. I absolutely could believe it. The jury was threatened. Maxine Waters threatened the jury. The rioters threatened the jury. And there are left wing journalists right now saying the only reason we got this verdict is because we spent months out in the streets. And I'm like, they're even admitting it. It was the threat of violence and destruction that resulted in the jury saying Derek Chauvin should go to prison on second degree murder. Now, I will. I, I want to be fair. They're, they're getting on the felony murder rule, arguing that it was assault against George Floyd. And because it was felony assault and George Floyd died, therefore, it's murder. OK, I think there is maybe an argument of, of assault. But this is what, what really makes me think that this is nuts. We watched the video in great detail. The defense showed the video. George Floyd was resisting arrest. A bystander even said, you can't win, man. Just get in the car. No joke. The prosecution and the defense showed that in closing arguments. A guy yelling to Floyd to stop resisting. Some random bystander. So I'm sitting here like, why is the prosecution showing George Floyd actively resisting and a bystander saying stop resisting? So you mean to tell me that a cop is trying to arrest somebody for a counterfeit for potential under the, under the influence, and now a resisting arrest. And it's assault. If the guy says, hold me on the ground, hold me on the ground, hold me on the ground, like George Floyd did, and then Chauvin holds him on the ground, and they say, that's felony assault. Oh, and he died? Murder. Now he's going to go to prison. So I'll tell you this. I'm not a big fan. I'm not interested in defending the state or police institutions as a whole. My interest is, is in the individual Derek Chauvin and his rights. And I'm not happy that, you know, about what happened to George Floyd, but I will tell you, if you got a problem with the state and the system and the policing, take it up with the state, the system and the policing. But now, you know what happened? The state literally won. It was the state of Minnesota versus Derek Chauvin. And the state won their case. Why? Because leftists, extremists, activists went out, burned down their city. Leftist journals are the ones saying this. They're being on the ground and engaging in these activities resulted in this verdict. Maxine Waters making these threats. And so the jury sided with the state. Chauvin's one man. You got a problem with the actions of an individual officer that crossed the line? By all means, hold him accountable. But Chauvin is acting as per the, the rules of the police department. Arrest somebody if they commit a crime. If they resist arrest, here's the force you can use. I don't see how throwing one man under the bus is going to solve any of these problems. And I still think we're going to see riots. So nothing gets solved in the long run other than a bunch of weak and terrified jurors who just say guilty because I'd rather not have my house burned down. Uh, I think I agree with Obama that it was not justice. Uh, and uh, Alexandria Cortez. Yeah, but wasn't o justice. O Obama. But right. You're taking it the other direction. Yeah, I am taking it the other direction, Barack, because it wasn't. 
<laughs> Barack Obama said true justice is about much more than a single verdict. AOC said this is not justice because they need to keep the grift going. They need to always be angry. Well, think about I mean, think about everything that led up to all of this. I mean, even when you look at the riots and all this, when you have people that are not firm on people going to jail, I mean, we saw massive amounts of damage, millions of dollars. This was obviously incredibly politicized. And then to your point about Maxine Waters, when you have all of these kind of like tectonic plates almost uh, building up this pressure and then ultimately have, you know, the, the media on talking about this and being in favor of the way it should go, quote, quote unquote. And then you have politicians speaking out. And then on top of that, all of this civil unrest that's kind of really creating this, this, uh, pressure. Um, it really is concerning on who is choosing, uh, you know, is this going to happen a lot? I mean, it's, it's, when it's, does it, when does the, the rioting and the everything that led up to this, when does it end? You know, the one, the one, uh, they say, you know, got what God closes the door, he opens a window. Mm-hmm. The one thing I can see is I think the second amendment's about to get a whole lot stronger. If these, if these people are going to go out and riot, I really don't see why they would not because you have the Dante Wright incident as well. So they're not going to be satisfied with just this. I think it would have been way worse, but now I can only imagine more liberals are going to be like, need to buy a gun. So I guess there's that at least. And it, to your point, I tweeted this. Or I should say, I tweeted this, and it works to your point. I said, let this be a lesson to all police. You will be charged. You will be imprisoned. When I saw that story about uh, Kim Potter is her name, I think, the cop in the Dante Wright thing, I'm like, why is she? Why is anyone surprised this is happening to her? I think if you're a cop watching this happen to, to Chauvin and these other officers, and you choose to stay there, hey, man, it's a free country. You do what you want to do. But there's only so much I can do to, to defend you when you know what the mob wants. You know the politicians are going to give it to them. And you know there will not be a fair trial. You you expect to, to, to get passed through this? I don't think so. Well, and we're seeing so much of a, I mean, at all campaigning, I, I talk with a lot of law enforcement. We're in, a, in such a, you know, back the blue type of area where you have so many people either retiring from the law, from the police force and law enforcement. People, they have shortages now. People don't even want to join uh, the force. And I think eventually... I mean, these things need to be done in an honest way. And, and that's just not being, it's just, just not happening right now. It's, um, it's, it's perfectly in line with what the left wanted. Right. Defund the police, abolish the police. And if mm-hmm. that doesn't work, drive the police out with threats and intimidation and terror. The, the court mm-hmm. of public opinion is making me nervous. It's, mm-hmm. it's really powerful. I knew it was powerful in 2006 when I saw YouTube videos and that you could get 50,000 people to call somebody at the same time on the same day. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. And, and then the next day do it again. Or order pizzas, you yeah. know, just and it and it causes serious problems. Take, take all your money out of the bank at the same time on the same day. Just crash a bank on any given day. Any YouTuber, could, I mean, could, could do that. And I know these are mutually exclusive, but also, why was it encouraged? I mean, you had encouragement on on the the BLM and the riots and the protesting from from all these different angles as well. And I know it's a, a little different from the actual you know verdict today, but. These things are being encouraged. Yep. And that is a big problem. At what point are are your elected officials going to stand up and say, no? It's not going to happen until regular people say something. And they won't mm-hmm. because they're scared. Mm-hmm. So, I, you know, we, 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 Ian and I got an argument about this the other day where I was like, 
if the people of Minneapolis, the Twin Cities of Minnesota, will not personally stand up and say, I support the police and this is wrong, mm-hmm. then the police have no support. Now, you can whisper it to your friends and enough. These people don't want to put Blue Lives Matter flags up. They want to put American flags up because they know they'll get targeted. Okay. Then the squeaky wheel gets the grease. Mm-hmm. The reason why it's being encouraged, major corporations know there is no opposition. If they come out and they what Ben and Jerry's, Ben and Jerry's ice cream company yelling at me about racist cops. Like, I don't care, dude. You guys make cookie ice cream. I, I don't need to hear from you about the police department. Mm-hmm. It's fine, I guess. I don't care. Market how you want to market. I just think it's absurd that Someone's like, I'm going to start an ice cream company and my marketing pitch is you're a racist and evil. Buy my ice cream. But the reason they do that is because there is zero opposition. So what's the Mm -hmm. downside? Mm -hmm. If they come out and they say, go riot and go in the streets, no conservative will do anything. Mm -hmm. They might complain about it. I mean, we did have the conservatives burning all their Nike gear when Colin Kaepernick took a knee. But for the most part, they don't. So conservatives are staying home, minding their own business, not organizing. And the major corporations, the big tech companies, and the politicians know their only threat is from the left. So they give the left whatever they want. Normally, if you were to tell people to go riot, which is a crime, I mean, I don't know, rioting is a crime. Well, the word riot, that, that's you not just, necessarily a crime, right? You have to, you have, you have to massage the truth again. Yes. Say, get more <laughs> confrontational. Yes, walk faster. Yeah, when people yeah. are burning down buildings, tell them to do more, be more active. Like, it's supposed to be illegal to incite violence, but to, right. to have... Maxine Waters telling people <laughs> if we don't get a murder one charge, which he wasn't even charged with, or a, a conviction for murder one, which he wasn't charged with, mm-hmm. that we should what she what was her quote? Do you guys know offhand that we should push harder? That we should, we should get we should get more active and get more confrontational. Get more confrontational. She's talking to rioters. That's and they're still out there right now. So that they're that right right now as they're marching around. I don't know exactly if it'll escalate or what the deal is. Mm-hmm. I got to tell you, man. I kind of I I, I I wasn't really expecting a verdict this fast. I, re, I, I my video today was like, oh, they're preparing. Who knows when the verdict will be? And my, my, my fast, over yeah. at TimCast.com. And then I get a text and it's like the verdict is coming in an hour. And I'm like, what? It's been a day. It's not even I think it was 10 hours of deliberations. Yeah, it was so short. So when I when I heard that it was that fast, I was like, it's either going to be guilty on all counts or not guilty on all counts. Mm-hmm. It is too soon for a hung jury. There's no way the mm-hmm. jurors went in and they were like. Half of us are for guilty and half are for not guilty and we'll never change our minds. Okay, let's go home, hung jury. Too soon. So I was kind of like, maybe it'll be not guilty because they're bringing in the National Guard to downtown Minneapolis right now. They're, why would they be moving the National Guard in? I'm like, so it must be not guilty. And I heard guilty and I'm like, they're, they, they knew the verdict was guilty and they're still bringing in the National Guard. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Ben Shapiro tweeted something amid all this. He said the fact that, I'll paraphrase, the fact that we all knew that our cities would burn based on the outcome of this of this trial so it's, is, is an indictment of, of, of our country or society or something that affect. Yeah. yeah. It's absolutely true. Of where we are now. What, but it even goes into what happened recently with, you know, Georgia and just kind of all these policy measures that people are, are choosing sides and corporations are choosing sides and people are being kind of pressured again where you're seeing this on every type of... And, politics is infiltrating kind of every aspect of our lives now and and i don't think it's ever been that way and it shouldn't be that way but but did you see what happened with coke mm-hmm. like didn't, didn't yeah. Coca-Cola come out and actually say like georgia's voter law new voter law is racist and then yes. conservatives were like yeah we're gonna buy pepsi and they went wait wait we they must find common back, we must yeah. find common ground see that's the thing the conser- so the republican party is has much less people than the democratic party 
it's shifted quite a bit in the last election. It started to, to invert. Democrats are joining the Republicans. Republicans are doing great, great recruitment. But you mostly have moderates and independents that mm-hmm. sometimes lean right. That's how Republicans end up winning. These people don't do anything. They don't speak up. They don't say anything. They keep shopping. Coca-Cola could, you know, could Pepsi literally made a commercial where they're protesters going around handing out Pepsis. And they, they see no re- repercussions for this. I mean, actually, the woke left got mad at them about that. So they had to, like, apologize for having, who was it? Kendall Jenner? Kendall Jenner. Kendall, think, is that who yeah. it was? Oh, yeah. No, what is it Kylie? I don't know. I don't know any of these people. I never watched that. Handing out Pepsis. It's, it's this simple. Conservatives aren't organized. Mm-hmm. Moderates don't organize. Disaffected liberal types. Actually, there's a decent amount of disaffected liberals who are speaking up. Mm-hmm. But by nature, as a disaffected liberal, they're complaining about something. <laughs> so long as this group is just like loose knit and passively in agreement, but not actively going out, talking about things, standing up, going outside, then there's no downside. It's, it's, it's the, it's a, uh, do you guys know what Pascal's wager is? Negative. Mm-hmm. You, you do? Yeah, you I've you heard do. Of it. All right. Yeah. So it's basically this dude was like, if I believe in God, and I die and it's none of it was real or true. Then what does it matter? Doesn't matter? But if I believe in God and I die and it is true, I get to go to heaven. Hmm. He says, now, if I don't believe in God and it's not true, it doesn't matter. And if I don't believe in God and it is true, well, then I go to hell. So your safest bet is to be, you know, believe in God or be religious. It's not necessarily a fantastic argument, but I bring this up because we have what, what I call I'll call it the critical, the critical theorists wager or the social justice <laughs> wager. If you are on the right and, uh, uh, you know, you stand up for your rights, you will likely be canceled or banned. Mm-hmm. If you are on the right and you do nothing, nothing happens. You, lo- you end up losing. The left ends up gaining ground. If you're on the left and you stand up for what you, uh, and you don't stand up for what you believe in, the left still charges through, gets whatever they want. And if you're on the left and you stand up and scream, you will likely get whatever you want. So yeah, you're celebrated. Mm-hmm. Right. So this, this, this wager is very obvious. If you want to run a business right now in this environment, your best bet is just to feign leftism because there's no negative repercussions. And, and that's awful because you look at, and you make a really good point because, you know, commerce and business and, and services and products, this, these were things that were supposed to unite us as, Americans or unite us as people, right? When you're going to Ben and Jerry's, well, nowadays, now you are asking, well, <laughs> what were you talking about in politics? But before, <laughs> you're like, I just want my double chocolate chip ice cream. You could sit down at a Ben and Jerry's and, and look over to a random stranger and be like, which one did you get? Right. <laughs> now it's like, who'd you vote for? Ugh. To the cashier, even. <laughs> I mean, yeah. that's what it turns into. Oh, what I'm researching every single company that has spoken out and, and what are their, their stances now? And it's awful and I, and I, it's, it's bad because as a, somebody who works in business, our product, for example, helps kids and that's it. And it's like, well, is it, that's not Republican or Democrat. You're just trying to, to, you're trying to create a product and you're trying to solve an issue and, and you're, and there's a demand for it. Simple as that. Right. It's supposed to unite us. Yeah, we're yeah so you've made the point that politics has gotten into everything. And this is something that troubles me as well. This is not the way it's supposed to be. And the fact that we have to do things like ask who did you vote for, that creates suspicion. It weakens our society from the bottom up. I hate to see it. I, I look at what happened with, with Chauvin. And the one thing, I, I think the perspective of the left is that like all cops all the time are abusing their power. And they don't understand like why arrests happen. And they keep saying things like, if if Derek Chauvin didn't put his knee on George Floyd's neck, 
then Floyd would be alive today. The prosecution actually, this is actually debunked very early on two things. The eight, was it eight minutes, 46 seconds was debunked. It's actually longer. It was nine mm-hmm. minutes and 29 seconds. I think it was. But the other thing that was debunked was that the knee was on Floyd's neck the whole time. It wasn't. In the video, you can actually see some, in some periods, the knee moved off the neck. But the left, uh, I mean, they, they, they want to believe in these, uh, tribalist. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I honestly don't know why. They, they don't, they don't investigate. They don't read the stuff. They just assume whatever the media says is true. I see them paired on social media. And then what you get is blind rage and support of the tribe, you know, the leftist tribe, no matter what. I was talking to a friend of mine and she said, uh, you know, I, I don't even want to talk about what we were talking about, but she was like, I'm just going <laughs> to accept it at face value. And I was like, yeah, you're just going to believe the first thing they tell you, the government. And she was like, I just don't have the energy to investigate. And, and that was, that was it. I'll, I'll put, I'll, I I'll, do. I'll put would. it this way. The, they say that George Floyd would, uh, still be alive if Chauvin had put his knee on his back. George Floyd would still be alive if he didn't resist arrest. Or do drugs. Maybe. Yeah. Or take a bunch of fentanyl. Maybe. Maybe, well, maybe you would have killed a kid and got behind the wheel of a car and drove into some family walking across the street. Yeah. He was doing drugs in the car. In it the was, it, and and the, the, the defense made an interesting point that we don't know how much fentanyl he took. The, the norfentanyl in his system was the metabolite of the fentanyl he had already taken. So mm-hmm. that means he had taken some like a long time before this incident occurred. So... Look, I'm not happy about what happened. I don't like the idea that a cop is trying to arrest somebody and they die. The, the cops shouldn't be killing people, and there should be a level of, of, of scrutiny. The issue, I suppose, is this will not reform the police department. It won't. I guess what the left is going for is if you can't beat them, burn them to the ground. Mm. If they can't get the police department abolished, then they're going to try and force every cop out. And right now, I got to say, the smartest position for the police is probably just to leave. What is this? Are they like... Okay, this is high conspiracy, but is this like a corporate takeover? Like, do they want private police? The squad. You see that breaking story? You saw, you see that? The squad members buying all the private security? Oh, of course. Yeah. <laughs> this is like turning into a third world country. Uh, you know, my family, my mom came from Guatemala and they have the private police force now overtakes the public police force because you don't really know, you know, whose side the, the cops are on. It's not meaning to laugh, but it's just you get to this point where it's, you're seeing elements of that here in, you know, the greatest country in the world. And this is what separates us from these third world countries. I'd, I'd be willing to bet a bunch of our libertarian and anarchist friends who've been on the show are going to be cheering for the idea that the police will crumble from this hmm. because they genuinely believe private policing is better. Oh I'm not God. one of those people. I'm, I'm fairly libertarian, little L, not big L, leaning slightly to the left. And I think... The, the reason the police department works is that they're neutral arbiters. Right. They're not perfect. The individuals can be racist. The individuals can be bigoted. We we want to we want we want to deal with that. We don't want those things. Lawsuits exist as well. And there's a challenge with poverty. When somebody who's poor gets pulled over and they can't afford to pay a ticket, then they go to jail. It creates a cycle. It's very it's it's problematic. But when you have two people fighting and a cop walks up, he's not there to be on anyone's side. He's like, "Is it the laws? That's what you did. Go away, or you're under arrest." Right. Well, in AOC and the squad, they all talk about equality and, you know, no classism and all this. Well, that's exactly what they're trying to do when you talk about private police forces. Who is able to afford a private police force? Obviously, people who are wealthy and have money. But then yet your your policies and what you talk about all the time is about equality and and no classes and, and all. I mean, it just it's completely it's complete hypocrisy. This, to, 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 to 
This is what will happen. They will defund the police. They will use the Chauvin case as as an example. And they're going to march and they're going to say, see. And then once the police are defunded, the rich people who don't care are going to hire, you know, G4S or Securitas or yeah. something. And they're going to have a couple guys in suits with glasses outside their house. And they're going to worry about anything. You, we, we, t- we talked about this last year during the riots. You know, private security would actually punch a cop on your behalf. If you get a, if you get a legit private security company, mm-hmm. you're, these guys are getting paid, you know, low to mid six figures, depending on who the client is. Right. These guys, they're wearing suits. They got sunglasses, earpieces, legit security for high profile individuals. If a cop tried arresting, these security guards would put, shove a cop to the ground. They, 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 they would absolutely assault an officer because they don't respect some guy getting 30K a year in New York City or 40K mm. when they're getting 400K and they're working for a prince or a celebrity. They're like, nah, this guy's got billions of dollars. He'll bail me out. I don't got to worry about it. Mm. My company will take care of me. So when the police are defunded and they don't respond to the calls of the poor people anymore who suffers, well, it's going to be the black community. Mm-hmm. It's going to be the Latino community. Right. It's going to be the poor community in general. And the rich people are going to be sitting there in their infinity pools not caring. Well, they just found that something, I want to say something like 80% of people who are surveyed, these black people in these communities, want more police presence. Right. They don't want the police to go away. Well, it's the same thing with the Hispanic community. When you look at, you know, voter demographics, I mean, I come from a, you know, 40 miles outside of the city of Chicago where you're seeing very high crime rates all the time. Nobody's talking about that crime. Hush, hush. Right. They talk about these kind of instances that happen uh, every once in a while. But the same thing happened in the Hispanic community, which is why a lot of people started voting more conservative, because they come from countries where there is no law and order. They're leaving these places where they don't trust their law enforcement. Uh, we, again, have that public trust. And, and they're, you know, people are chipping away at that. I, I love, I love the idea of socialists and leftists condemning the state right now when the state literally won its case. The state versus Derek Chauvin. The state is the winner. They're complaining about, I see these tweets. They're like, it was an agent of the state who was, who committed a murder and it's good to see. They should not be allowed to do that. And I'm like, it's the state who also won from the guy to the bus. Also, if you're a socialist and you want socialized everything. Yeah. Then shouldn't you be happy with a socialized law enforcement system? Well, apparently not. The the great part of it is local cops. Like I was in Chile for a while, and it's national cops only in that country. Mm-hmm. So if you have a, a problem, a dog is barking or bites someone on the corner, you've got feds there, like with brown out uniforms on, ready to take you to federal prison mm-hmm. and lock. Like it's federal all the way down, mm-hmm. and it's terrifying. That if yeah. you jaywalk or commit some minor crime, the feds are on you down there. And that's like how it is in most of the world, I think. I'm not I'm oh. not much of a legal expert. No, you're absolutely right. In in places like Central America, you have, you know, armed military police, M sixteens on the street corner and in parks. I mean, that's normal to that's, those people. That's one thing that a lot of people are saying. And there's still crime. Yeah. There there are people tweeting like, It took us too long to get this verdict. 330 days or something like that. I don't think it was 330 days. It was, uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, was it 330 days? Yeah. Uh, that's what they were saying. And my attitude is like, you mean you got it done that fast? It's, In it's many countries, fast. there's no trial. Perspective. They're, yeah. they're like, dude, go to, go to, go to the, some of these countries. You think South America, a cop who's working for the state is going to face punishment for anything? No, their bri- their bribery is rampant down there too. Yeah, these guys can literally Absolutely. walk into poor neighborhoods and shoot someone in the face, and they're not going to get in trouble. In the United States, they burn the country down and get away with it. 
Well, and it comes down to we are a country of law and order, and this is lawlessness. When you're seeing all these riots, when you're – and on top of that, even the, the verdict today, where these issues are complex, obviously, right? There's no – back to your point about clickbait and people who just don't want to dive deeper or see each other as humans or talk about these things in a substantive way. Uh, it comes down to, we need to enforce the law and, and there's a real precedent that's being set now just again with all the political tensions leading up to this of, of what is kind of where we're going to be moving forward. And do we want to be this country where it burns to the ground uh, do we want to be a country where the, the people have questions about a verdict because of the political unrest leading, leading up to this and, and even during, right? You had the media, Maxine Waters again. Uh, there are some real questions here that are setting kind of the tone for the next, uh, years to come. And, and what is our country going to look like 50 years from now? Here's what I find kind of funny. Uh, so you're, you're running for Congress. Yeah. You know, and, uh, can, can I ask you how old you are, or are you, t- are you too old? Yeah, I'm turning 28 in a month, oh, okay. May 5th. Happy birthday. Yes. yes, thank Cinco you, Cinco de Mayo. Cinco de Mayo. Yes, right little firecracker day. So here, here's what's not as cool as Fourth of July. I, I find this kind of funny though. So like, you, you're uh, <laughs> would you consider yourself to be pro police? Pro police? Yeah. Well, yeah, I'm pro law enforcement. Absolutely, yeah. I'm pro law and order as a more of a principle behind that. But so you would support. Local police departments. Absolutely. I just find it funny that the squad, there's this story from four hours ago about them hiring private security while talking about defunding the police. Right. And it's, it's, it's a Republican candidate who's like, support our public uh, law enforcement system. Yeah. Like, I, I, I'm not, I just think, I don't know how much, <laughs> you, you've got so much evidence of hypocrisy among Right. AOC and the squad yeah. that you just I, at a certain point won't someone on the won't, won't these leftists who support them won't their heads explode from the cognitive dissonance well yeah well because they're the elites now and I will tell you too you know I've done ride-alongs with our local law enforcement I did one here in DC a, a while ago and I visited the county jails like I'm, I'm telling you you're you're face-to-face not face-to-face obviously you have a glass screen but with like murderers and ICE detainees who have possible terrorist ties. Like, these are criminals. Uh, and then you look at, you know, in D.C., I saw, you know, three people die that night. It was a Saturday night. And just what you think about the everyday job of a law enforcement officer is is something that and what I think about, too, when you're talking about the hypocrisy, you know, the left is all about empathy and feeling and, and all that. We are not even understanding what the the average cop has to go through every day, especially in big cities. I mean, I live in a, in a sleepier town, but crime rates are going up in the suburbs. Crime rates are going up in, in traditionally small neighborhoods. It is a real issue, and we're not looking at them as humans. It's, have you seen that letter that's gone viral? They say supposedly it's from a, a former police officer. They say that the, the, these people on the left expect a cop to be a medical expert, to be a doctor, to know all the signs of a seizure, of yeah. asphyxiation. They expect him to be a psychologist, to know how to deal with a mentally ill person who's yeah. on a rampage. They expect them to be able to do all of these jobs, to use just enough force, to be a Brazilian jiu-jitsu expert that can take down a six foot one, 220 pound guy. Mm-hmm. When you're five foot nine, 140 pounds, that's, that's Derek Chauvin. They expect you to have all of the power and capabilities and the knowledge of all of these different fields when you were literally a dude or a lady who was set, who was told if someone breaks the law and they, and you know, arrest them. They're not doctors. 
Chauvin was not a doctor. How was he supposed to know any of this stuff? Mm. It's crazy to me because uh, you mentioned going on the ride-alongs with these yeah. law enforcement. I did uh, a night crawling in oh. Chicago. Oh, my god! Which you're from, you, you understand what that yeah, is. Yeah, right? yeah. So for those that don't know what night crawling is, it's like you, you go out in the middle of the night, you track the police scanner, and you, you look for local stories. Typically, right. it's like crime and things like that. In one night, I think I saw, what, like five, five murders, five crime scenes in Chicago. In one night, it was like, take your pick. What do you want to do? Sit in the mm-hmm. car, and you'll be like, Oh, there's a murder. No, let's not go to that one because, you know, that one's 15 minutes away. Uh, another murder. That one's five minutes away. And we pull up. And each and every time I see these cops, people don't get it, man. It's, it's dark out. There are people gathering on the streets. You don't know who they are, what they're doing. You're called to a house that was riddled, riddled with bullets. We went to one house. This was kind of scary because I'm from Chicago. I know, I know these neighborhoods. And we roll up and we see a couple squad cars. The cops walk up to a house, bullet holes all throughout the front of the building, two people dead. And there's like 30 people on each side of the of the block. And I'm like, now this cop here with one other guy who arrived on scene knows there's active shooting, possibly dead people. And now there's like 30 people gathering and he doesn't know which one of them may be the, may be the murderer. Mm-hmm. And you think that guy's supposed to go in there with the full capabilities of martial arts, marksmanship, medical expertise, and psychological expertise to deal with a situation like that? It's insane to me the level of, I should say, the lack of empathy for how awful that job can really be. And then when you exacerbate it on a public stage, you have people spitting at cops now. You have that culture just completely uh, changing the dynamics yeah. of, of law enforcement as a whole. I mean, I get families all the time of, uh, you know, wives of police officers or either, even my police officer friends where they're like, I don't, I didn't do anything wrong. And yet people spit in my face because of all this politicization and, and this being on such a mass scale. And, and that's, you know, really sad too. You see it a lot in military as well. Yeah. Uh, and, and it's a very t- we're not seeing people again. There's no empathy and no um, they, human perspective. They assume because you, I'll, I'll, you know what? I'll, re- I'll rephrase what I was going to say. How many viral videos have you seen of police brutality? A lot? 40 in my life? 40, 50? In, in recent look, history. I don't look for them. Not many lately. I'd say, I'd say I've, seen, I've seen a lot. Yeah, they're, and they're increasing every year. Yeah. Just a, Since a 2012, a, a I've seen them all. A ton. A bunch. Now, here's, here, here's the issue. You've got 330 million people in this country, 200 and some odd million, 220 million adults or whatever. There's going to be more police interactions. More police interactions means you will have accidental deaths. You have negligent actions. You have overt criminal acts from some officers. But we're talking about what's like 100 million police interactions per year and like 20, you know, unarmed guys, you know, guys being getting shot 2019. People don't seem to take into consideration that they may see all these videos. They'll see all these news stories. You know what? There's never a news story about. Local officer uh, helps old lady cross street. Right. Local officer pulls some pulls an eighteen year old kid for speed and gives him a warning, and and, a and the kid the kid change, tur- turns things around, and stops speeding. The, uh, so you know you've seen some videos where it's like a cop plays basketball with the local kids. Yeah. And it's heartwarming. I've seen a few of those, but what you what we don't see is the everyday day to day of what the cop does from the perspective of extremely violent crimes. Yeah. And routine law enforcement. Where's the viral story in the viral video where a cop pulls someone over, walks up and says, ma'am, you were speeding. You were going, you, you know, eight over in a, in a 40. Please don't do it again. Have a nice day. That happens all the time. But no one cares about the monotony and, 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 and the, it's, 
it's, it's kind of like how we take. I'm yeah, sorry to interrupt right. you there. No, no, that's basically. Um, my it's kind of like how we take so our rude. physical health for granted. Not everybody. I uh, was rude of me. I know. Uh, but like, <laughs> I stepped on glass earlier, Ooh. and I had to <laughs> dig, oh I had to dig it out of my foot. Well, I, okay. I, I spent time thinking like, <laughs> I don't think about when I'm healthy. I don't think every moment right. like I am right. so yeah. healthy. This is so great. But as soon as it hurts, it is the biggest deal in the world to me, right. bro. It's like when you got a stuffed nose. <laughs> and you're like, and you think about like when, man, I remember, what was it like when my nose wasn't stuffed? Do you really times, think about it? Yeah. Yeah, like and, most of the time. And that's what's happening with these brutality issues. As soon as one happens, it's like an injury that everyone is focused on. And when one instance gets a hundred million views, that's like, it's, it's like, it's like it happened a hundred million times. Right. Especially yeah. with all of the political agenda pushing as well. And it's the same thing with guns. I mean, you look at the, the mass shootings, for example, it's the same thing. I think there's always kind of this, there's always a narrative behind it. And, and that's concerning, uh, because then again, what, to what extent is public opinion determining things, not actually the law? You mentioned or, law and order earlier. Yeah. I like that phrase because I think a lot of times people focus on is the law being followed, but, yeah, right. but also is order being adjudicated? Is it orderly? Because a bad law is out of order. Mm-hmm. So right. I think people are out of touch with law. Like right. we, we can't make, we can't even offer up a law to Congress as people. We have to rely on this like six hundred people. No, no, bro, bro. It's it's so far beyond that. Let me let me pull up this uh this this next story which hits exactly at your point. Oh yeah. Democrats block resolution censuring Maxine Waters for Chauvin trial comments. Keeping things in line with the the discussion at hand, but basically what you were saying, Ian, is that even when we have Maxine Waters incite insurrection, telling people to do more than they already are when mass riots are underway, the Republicans can't even wag their finger at her. A censure is a finger wag. So we're at a point now where we have ridiculous nonsensical laws that don't like the war on drugs, for instance, is insane. We, we, we struggle to get anything done in term, terms of repealing most of these laws. It doesn't really happen or decriminalizing things. And then you have when a politician on the Democrat side, it tends to be, you know, the, the, the rule for the left. They get away with all this stuff. You can't even get Republicans to do anything or be able to do anything about this. And that's, you know, kind of leads into why I'm running, too, because we don't have people with backbones. I mean, you're getting to a point where we saw the president of the United States being impeached for a second time for, let's say, he said the words that he said, peaceful, go peacefully. Cheer on politicians. And then you have even Republicans, you know, one of them that I'm I'm unseating here, Adam Kinzinger, Going and voting for impeachment or stripping Marjorie Taylor Greene, for example, a congresswoman outside of Georgia, um, for stripping her of committee. When people have that much power or you have one side with that much power that is actually determining people's lives in the way that our country is going, that's a huge problem because you do not have two peop- two opinions that are being taken into account. And to your point, is, you're spot on where... We don't even have Republicans standing firm on half this stuff. This is why I said, you know, I've been saying for some time, I don't think I'd vote Republican in 2022. Depends. Well, if you were in my district, you would. I would. (laughs) You're right. I I, I would because uh, you're younger, energetic, and you seem principled. Uh, I'd have to go through all your policies, though, to be fair. But (laughs) no, I look at I look at Mitch McConnell, Lindsey Graham. I look at Kevin McCarthy. Mm. The best Kevin McCarthy could offer up is a wag, wag the finger at Maxine Waters censure. Spare me. Marjorie Taylor Greene 
introduce a bill to expel Maxine Waters. Yeah. Now, of course, that's not going to happen. For all the criticism people can level, uh, can, can levy or, or throw at uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene, by all means, at least she's doing something. Right. Maxine Waters flew from California into a riot and said, get more confrontational if we don't get a first degree murder conviction. That is insane. Right. Even CNN's Chris Saliza, Chris Saliza criticized Maxine Waters for wow. doing this. And what happens? The best Republicans can do is, I would like to introduce a bill to censure Maxine Waters. Democrats denied. Moving on. Yeah, it, we didn't get a first degree murder conviction, by the way. So if they do get more confrontational, she's on the hook for that. Mm. Yeah, well, nothing's going to happen. I'm, I'm so angry at the two party system. This, I'm, it sounded like you were about to say something. What were you going to say? No, that? go ahead. There's, it's like a stranglehold. You know, George Washington warns overtly about the danger of two party politics that, yeah. that one gets a little bit of a majority and then takes complete control of our government. But, I want to see like six or seven small groups so that if four of these groups decide, no, we are going to censure. You can't stop me from censuring this congresswoman that called for violence. But our founders also, I feel like they didn't want to see a multiple party system because they saw that in Europe as well. And the detriment to that is that you have too many factions now and people as humans gravitate, I think, towards like one or, or another. But to your point... The best part, I think the biggest silver lining about all this and just from a political perspective also and being a candidate is that you're seeing so many people now, everyday Americans, stepping up because they're so frustrated with the way things are going. And they're like, you know what? I want to run because I want to take... I want to unseat these people. I don't think they're doing their job. And we are, we the people are holding people accountable. Now when politics gets into everybody's personal lives, they are finally caring. And this is the way I think our experiment is supposed to go. We're, we're take, you're seeing this, uh, this movement happening, this disruption, and it's really challenging right now, but we're also seeing it uncovered and we're taking back the power. And, and I think that's, it's really positive in that way. And, um, unfortunately, like three parties wouldn't work. Like you can't, um, and I don't mean, unfortunately, I'm running as a, uh, absolutely as a, a conservative, but now you're even seeing like different factions of conservatism. For example, like Adam Kinzinger, he is a Democrat. Why is he a yeah. Republican? He's not yeah. a conservative. Right? <laughs> Like we are, t- we need to take back our party, and the way that our party is moving is this America first, law and order, free market, enterprise system. Uh, you know, just everybody thriving from an economic perspective, and and that's where our country is going. That's where, where the Republican Party is going. But we need to take that back. It's 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 one thing to be anti-Trump because I can understand that people don't. A lot of people didn't like the guy. It's another thing to be. What Kin, you know, Kinzinger, and he's so for those unfamiliar, he's just Republican in Illinois, who just basically sides with Democrats all the time. And yeah. D- did he get like a memo where it's like <laughs> your district just became D plus eight? So now you better be a Democrat if you want to win. I think he got a lot of opportunities to be on MSNBC and CNN and loved watching himself on TV. Oh, there it uh, is. You know, you don't. Nobody, his constituency has not seen him at all. He's been not even a conservative since you know in 2014 even and that was even before trump and and all of that i mean he's made a a career now out of being a politician and one that particularly bashes trump the liberal media loves that because he goes on and hey look we have a republican that doesn't like right. trumpism right. he's our token uh republican and and that's just not 
you look at people on the ground and they're like, what is this guy doing? Not this is not people. no. He, that's not leadership by any means. You are he. He's driven by his own ego and his own career. I completely agree. Yeah, I think this technology has given has given opportunity for corporate fascism to thrive, and like it's also given an opportunity for young people to get involved in politics in yeah. a different way, which is cool. Because if we do take our control of our government, that's I think the, the, that's a, a positive outcome for this experiment. But if we don't, the corporations will. With their with their advertisement and then their brainwashing and their poison, and well, that's that's what's happening, uh, right? Corp- the, the the corporate America is as woke as they get, yeah. and so they are. I, I, we talked about this the other day, like the punk rock bands literally on the sides side of Amazon and and Walmart. If you, I'm sorry, I just got to say this: bad religion. I was such a big fan of bad religion. You're on Walmart's side, so I don't know what that <laughs> means. What's their but, hit song? Bad. I don't know. They did they did they did a song that was supposedly anti alt right, but it was actually very pro alt right, and it was the weirdest thing ever. And they got criticized by some leftists because they were like, what "Was this, this song criticizing <laughs> white nationalism or supporting it?" We can't tell. That's I don't funny. know. Yeah, yeah. It's just it's it's weird times, man. It's the, it's the realignment, I guess. It's, it is. But you know, there's disruption in every in every uh, industry and in every part of I think life too, and. You're seeing that now, I think, in the political space, especially. And, and I think it's it's a good thing. You know, again, I've never seen more like people all, you know, a lot of my friends who are running now. These are true servant leaders. Like these are people who want who have left their everyday lives, their jobs in the private sector, left the military or, or even left their families. And they're like, you know what? I'm sick of the way things are going. And I want to to take back the power for the people and and be a good representative and and you're seeing that happening all across the country now and i think that's the positive side of all this in stuff. 2007 i was making youtube videos and i got this really like strong feeling that we needed to globalize that there was no stopping it it, it was just the, what's happening is the entire globe is coming together with the internet mm-hmm. and we have to build a government that can sustain that and it didn't happen. I didn't push it that hard. I, I kind of had a nervous breakdown instead because everything was so psychotic for me at that time. Um, so, but, so, but what's happening is it's happening anyway, but we don't have a government to stop it or to take control of it. Well, so the Chinese corporations are like driving people insane in the United States. There, you know, all this look, global collusion that is just un. Let me, un- let me, let, let me interject terrible. and try and see if I Please, can. Uh, thank uh, you. Wrap up a little bit what you're saying because because you're right. Um, Basically, there was that. There's a famous quote. I think it's from was it Nathaniel Rothschild or something that globalization will happen whether whether anyone wants it to or not. And a lot of people took that like a threat, like he was saying we must have you know a global one world government or something. I think what he was saying was that it's going to happen through trade unions and communications. The issue is, it, it's it's we already do have one world currency. It's called Visa and Mastercard. Go to any country, you can swipe your card. Yeah, it works. Swift, you can buy stuff. The Swift payment right. system. And we already have international agreements. It's not a, a legitimate like one world system. However, we still have our borders, our rules. Just like you have your own city with your own city's laws. The United States has its laws. And even though there may be international trade and things like that, and some people may believe it's it's inevitable, we still have to maintain that when you're here, we have a constitution, we have rights. Right. It's one of the most amazing things. And I every day I look at what's going on around the world, and I'm just like thanking the founding fathers that being said because we are not having the values of the constitution be the superseding culture around the world china is filling that gap now you have major corporations in the united states who 
they're deferential to China because they don't want to lose money. Slavery, Major, particularly. Yeah, absolutely. You have these billionaires who are like, hey, guys, don't criticize China taking over Hong Kong. Like, what are you doing? We don't want the NBA to sell shirts that say free Hong Kong. Why? Because people involved make millions of dollars from China. It's basically like, it's it's really, really simple. Chinese enterprise goes to wealthy and influential Americans and says, we can make you even more wealthy. And they say, deal. There it, there it is. They were bought and paid for. Yeah. The Emancipation Proclamation is legit. Like, we need to broaden that to the world. And, and like, child slavery, child labor laws from the early 1900s, we need to bring that around the globe because eight-year-olds shouldn't be working 16-hour days anywhere on Earth. In my well, opinion. now you're getting a little bit too big for where this conversation was going. I, I mean, know. look, the issue I'm just, talking about is... What I'm concerned with is a supremacy clause. I don't want a global supremacy clause like we have in the United States. A guaranteed bill of rights for everybody? Well, maybe we do need something like that then. That's The, the problem is... We are in this bubble in the United States where the, the Constitution is a force field taking active fire and eroding before our eyes. Yeah. You look at what's going on in Ontario. Did you see these videos out of Ontario? Mm. They basically said you can't leave your home unless you like the unless you have permission or whatever. And the police can detain you and ask you what you're doing outside of your house. Eight hundred dollar fines or That's something really like that. You, they, they were saying in the UK like er, earlier last year that you couldn't have adult uh, activities with right. someone you are just meeting or something like that. You can't go on holiday. It's a, it's a 5,000 pound fine here in the United States. They would love to silence our speech. Guess what? We got the, what, what did Dave Chappelle say? The second amendment is just in case the first one doesn't work out. I love that. Well, what's in to your point about the two party system. I swear I'm, I have a point here. It's now evolving into, you know, where the Republican Party or conservatives are the only ones respecting, it seems like, the Constitution. And we've gone so far to where we are now, uh, where that Constitution is eroding. And it's like, who is upholding these values? And to your point about big business, you know, our founders, they didn't want big government. Why would they want these gargantuan monopolies dominating? They're just as controlling as a big government would be. Right. right. And and that's super concerning. And then you also look at the populist movement, though, like what happened in Brexit or or even the Trump movement. Um, people are are craving for nationalism. They're craving for a structure and thank the Lord that we have our constitution. We need to preserve it at all costs. They're doing everything in their power, the establishment to destroy it. Right. That's why I'm saying it's like we're, we're all these small little children underneath the big blanket of the constitution and they're the monsters outside our bed and we're being protected. Mm. Yeah. But sooner or later, they're tearing through it. Yeah. They're, mm. they're ripping it away piece by piece. I don't like forcing things on people in general, but the constitution was kind of forced on everyone in the United States, and maybe we do need to force something like that on the globe. I don't know about all that. How do you do it? Yeah, the issue is to, to adopt it. That's that's the idea of nationalism, which is we have a constitution, we have our rules, we need to protect that, and other people can do what they what they want in their own country. I guess military. It doesn't have to be military aggression force. There's other ways to force, like use the force. Uh, to get people to adopt a new way of thinking. I mean, look, man, that, that kind of, that kind of stuff didn't work. We were trying to blue go jeans? and force, yeah, well, airdrop blue jeans into Afghanistan and then it, none of that stuff works. I think they said blue jeans. Oh. What was it? Blue jeans ended the Cold War. Someone oh, really? Said. Oh, is that what that is? I didn't hear that, yeah. Some and of, then was it Gorbachev? I it was a pizza Hut commercial? <laughs> yeah, I think so. Yeah. Weird. Well, no. you have Joe Biden coming out saying no, no amendment is absolute. Mm. This was amazing. When he was talking, Joe Biden was talking about the Second Amendment. He yeah. said, no amendment is absolute. And ever since the inception of the amendment, there are some people who aren't allowed to own guns. You know who those people were who weren't allowed to own guns when the Second Amendment was, was drafted? 
Oh, I, I do. do. Yeah, slaves. <laughs> Not yep. a good point, Joe Biden. <laughs> well, I said this Not the other surprising day. coming from Joe Biden, by yeah, the way. No, exactly. <laughs> I just real. heard him giving a speech downstairs, and man, he is well, not. We, we actually have a, a, another story here on, on Biden. Check this out. Ted Cruz says Biden's comments on Chauvin verdict are grounds for a mistrial. Mm. He's right. We saw it with uh, Maxine Waters. She made these threats over the weekend, and the judge in the case said, I'll give you this to defense. Congresswoman Waters' statements may give you something on appeal and could overturn the entire trial. Then we had Joe Biden come out today. I think it was today. And he said he was he was hoping for the right verdict because the evidence was overwhelming. Mm. Now, I don't know if that's grounds necessarily for a mistrial because the jurors were already sequestered. But the idea that the, the Democrats were making public statements. Influencing. Def- Absolutely. Yeah. You got these jurors, man. They know their house is going to get burned to the ground unless they give the, 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 the extremists what they want. So they did. There it is. There's no justice. There's no fair trial here. Well, and then going back to the business stuff, it's the same way. I mean, are they, our business is going to be boycotted then if, you know, if they don't comply to a a different, a policy initiative or what is going on in the, in current events or the political space. When I see people talk about censorship and the weird can't like uh, cancel culture stuff and they laugh about it. Yeah. In a sense where it's like they're not laughing because they think it's funny what's happening to people. They laugh because it's like it's just so absurd. These people are crazy. I'm like, you realize that level of social enforcement where they're censoring speech they don't like. Right. Where they're getting people fired from jobs because they spoke up or st- stood, you know, stood up. That's how authoritarianism begins. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I often say we, we, in the context of reading, say, 1984, Brave New World or yeah. Fahrenheit 451, did everybody reading those just assume in those worlds, one day, blink, there was an authoritarian government. Just like you wake up one day and there's a guy on the screen saying, I am your dictator. Ha ha ha. No, it happens gradually mm-hmm. through social acceptance and right. social pressure. The, the, the only reason the government has power is because people have confidence in it. So when you get to a point where everyone's like, I will either say nothing or I'll join the mob. Congratulations. You are, you are on that roller coaster heading right down into totalitarianism. Yeah, I, I, I kind of actually feel quite sympathetic for the jurors. People are, have, people are saying, like, you know, they're pansies, they're being pushed around, and I don't think that's right. the case. Nope. I, 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 I agree that they could be much stronger, but I also sympathize that they're concerned about what's going to happen to their homes and their kids, you know, their families. But Tim seems to disagree with I you. think about the Founding Fathers, <laughs> and I don't even know the number. Many of the people who signed the Declaration of Independence had their homes burned to the ground. Yeah, you're their, right. They were killed. You're and there right. are people right now. Could you imagine, like, if, like, George Washington, Thomas Jefferson, Thomas Paine, Benjamin Franklin, and they're, like, you know, chilling, watching what's going on here, and they're, like, you know, a bunch of people died for freedom, for liberty, for the Constitution, for the Bill of Rights, for the right to individual freedoms. Mm-hmm. And now you got people who won't even say words. There's, you got people that won't even risk losing money. There are people who literally watch their homes get burned to the ground because they believed in something. And today in America, you have people who are like, don't don't look at me. I don't want to yeah. be involved. I'm not sticking my neck out for anybody. So this is a point I made to Catalina on the drive back. Um, I don't think that we're going to be able to actually win this war or get our culture back without being inconvenienced 
We are in love with convenience. We like everything to be soft and easy, perfectly yeah. temperature controlled. We have serious first world problems, and it is biting us in the butt. You know what I think? You know what I think it is. I'll say this: was that in seventeen? You know, in the seventeen sixties up to seventeen eighties, enough stuff with all the Revolutionary War. There was no air conditioning. Mm, yeah. So everybody was already drenched in sweat and grime <laughs> and all agitated. Yeah. So they were just ready for a that fight. Makes sense. Yeah. It's like you're sitting there. It's, it, you're in South Carolina. Oh. You are sweating (laughs) like crazy. And then you get a letter and you open it. You're drenched in sweat. And it's like, we are taxing your crop. Ah! Independence! Banging on the table. (laughs) Now people are sitting there in their massage chairs watching Nobody, the new movie, Mm -hmm. on uh, Amazon Prime with a uh, deep dish pizza overnighted from Chicago to wherever they are. And they're like, I mean. This is nice. It could be worse. Because it's not impacting their lives. But then you see... Look at what happened with Robin Hood and GameStop and uh, even the the Twitter censorship, right? When it affects people's lives personally, I think that's when people start kind of waking up and wanting to have a voice and saying that, look, I this is not okay. And uh, you do need to push back. But I think a, a big thing, too, is that like our generation just really doesn't. Uh, I think our hit, history of our country and the fact that. You know, in the 40s, we were fighting fascism. We were fighting Nazis and, and even in Vietnam, right? I mean, we have our, our country has been a beacon of hope and fighting the, the real ideologies out there and the real threat of, of authoritarianism, uh, decade after decade. And yet, and then even our founding and the fabric of how we, we came to be America. Why is that being lost in history? Why aren't millennials scared to the core of communism and socialism? And then we're crazy because we we come out and we say this is absolutely, this is absurd that we're even having conversations like the Green New Deal or even what's happening now with the political unrest. Well, the the U.S. fought the Nazis, like you said. We, we as a country, we're engaged in war and there was a very uh, atrocious uh, political faction and factions, the Axis powers. And then we had the Cold War. Yeah. So we were constantly in this ideological battle where we had to protect ourselves. And then after the Cold War, or actually with, uh, with Nixon and, and some of the other uh, administrations coming up to the end of the Cold War, I guess the U.S. decided to open up trade to China, maybe out of fear that if China went and allied with Russia more seriously, then we'd have lost the Cold War or something like that. Now, the great ideological battle is the U.S. versus China, but we don't have national unity saying we must fight and resist the Chinese Communist Party. Now it's just a bunch of billionaires saying, stop criticizing China. Come on, you know, just buy our stuff. Well, that's a great point. But I also think about we were in, you know, the war on terror for 20 years when Europe not only in the military or even public opinion, we look at when we get into these conflicts and it's like, did we even have a goal? I mean, why is this going on for 20 years? And now we're going to talk about uh, political unrest globally again. I mean, it's 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 almost a, a lack of leadership uh, in, in different administrations that I think have really caused this and even Congress to a fault. And just just the I don't want to say it's not complete incompetence, but it's definitely agenda pushing from within that has put us in this position now like think, with china i think we just don't have leaders yeah i think that's the the big challenge there are a few 
uh, that I can easily name in terms of conservative leadership, and it's people like Stephen Crowder and Tucker Carlson. Yeah. But they're not in politics. Right. If Could you imagine if Crowder was, like, in the Senate? Oof. Yeah. He'd, 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 like, he'd actually be doing things. Right. Instead, he's, you know, well, he's doing something maybe arguably more important by being an yeah. influential yeah. voice. Yeah. And I was, we were talking about this, actually, in the drive up, is just how um, everybody, I think, has kind of their own gifts and their their role in in civic duty in a sense and i think journalists and and people like tucker carlson and, and even you guys i mean it, there's such a everybody kind of has their own way of of kind of serving right serving others and and serving you know the the fabric of our country in, in a sense here within and you know every again um i think president trump was a great leader I think in, in a lot of ways he stood up and he was the fighter that a lot of people wanted. And I think now a lot of people are, are craving that in, in at all levels locally. And, and they just want somebody who's not afraid to stand firm and stand up and fight for and, and be principled. Unlike the Republicans leadership now, which are like yeah. just wagging the finger at Maxine Waters. But I will say uh, of Trump, he was absolutely a fighter. He was loud, bombastic, mm-hmm. tweeted like crazy, <laughs> but people accepted that they finally had someone who was fighting on their behalf. So what, right. did, the, what did the left say? He was a strong man. He was a mm. dictator. I, I'm sorry, man. Donald Trump being loud, bombastic, and kind of erratic is better than Joe Biden stumbling down the stairs and being unable to negotiate oh. with any of these countries and just being weak. Trump was far from perfect. But at least he was just over that threshold of actually doing things and fighting for things. I think a problem is, like, I keep thinking about Eisenhower, how he yeah. basically acknowledged the military-industrial complex. And mm-hmm. that they, they deferred leadership to this quiet, secretive organization that deep state. is somewhat running the government, running the world with military bases, establishing this liberal economic order around the globe. Yeah. Um, so a real leader would stand up and say, I'm going to break this apart and get killed because they're they're in the crosshairs. They're vocally speaking. They know where they work. They work at the White House um, and they stand no chance. They're surrounded by people that are working for that system, the, the military industrial complex. It's so a real leader. It's almost like you don't see them like but we want someone to step up and speak and we want that person to be the leader. At least I do. It's inspiring. But in modern days, when the leaders are in the shadows and I use the word leader in, in an odd way, the people that are making the decisions, yeah, maybe aren't this. Maybe that's the leadership no. system. Oh, and the, and that's the same thing about with Eisenhower. It's like he was on the ground with his troops, right? You read every type of servant leadership or leadership book, whether it's business or military. The best leaders are there on the ground with their people, and the issue, especially now when you bring up the establishment, to kind of like tie everything together what we were talking about earlier is that these people sit in their ivory tower and they're in dc you have these bureaucrats you have these people that are in a faraway place as reagan used to say and they're not in tune with the everyday american they're not in tune with what people want and and what where the country is going why are our manufacturing companies are getting shipped off to china because our politicians don't understand small business owners and they don't understand how their policies are affecting everyday people and everyday lives um, and i think that's the biggest issue we don't have enough people on the ground yeah i would love to see a president or like a leader get on like a video chat conference with 30 other people and just and listen to them all for, right. for like two or three hours a day right well the 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 two big issues that i see one economics obviously under donald trump yeah the economy did really well in 2019 it was kind of a crazy year just everything was going so great for so many people 
And then COVID happened, which then everything kind of went really bad for a lot of people. But under Trump, the economy, when things were not, you know, COVID. But you also had the critical race theory stuff, which is now becoming more and more pervasive. Donald mm-hmm. Trump signed those executive orders. I don't think he understood the problem enough, but he still took action. And now you have Joe Biden basically going as woke as possible, rescinding these executive orders. And now it's going to start getting uh, it's going to start getting really, really bad. I mean, these people are, are, are overtly racist mm-hmm. and the, the policies that they push are incredibly divisive. So I have to wonder, because we've had this conversation with China Uncensored, I think, and James Lindsay, actually, where, you know, what is China doing in terms of the wokeness and the, and the, and the culture war? And it may be that they're exacerbating it. They're trying to. So while they're extracting our manufacturing base and our and in our economy, they're also helping to seed a, an extremely divisive and racist uh, ideology, which, in my opinion, is antithetical to the, the Constitution and you know what Americans believe. Mm-hmm. But that is becoming more and more pervasive. You get someone like Joe Biden, you get someone like Kamala Harris, and that's and that's it. It's going to start spreading. It's going to get worse, and then we're going to see more and more Democrats start embracing this stuff. You start seeing even some Republicans, you know, start to dance around this kind of stuff. And then eventually you'll have a bunch of weird cult dogma ideology, which, as far as I'm concerned, may as well be a religion. And it's going to be infecting government. And we were talking about worse. flow state yesterday. You ever do meditation? Absolutely. Love meditation. This 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 racism and this this weird ideology that you're talking about, it's like it's infected the mind and it's making mm-hmm. people think on overload and overload. Maybe it's not making it, but it's that's what they're. So when you can clear your mind, that's the way out. I think I think people are what's the right way to put it? They I think deep down many people know it's an it's an inherently evil and just like corrupt ideology. But they know that if they speak up they'll be canceled, they'll be threatened. Mm-hmm. So it's like the jurors. You know what I mean? They they're, they're like, I'm not gonna say anything because I don't want my house burned down. There's a lot of people who are like, I'm not going to challenge the the, the woke, you know, establishment mm-hmm. and this critical race theory stuff because it'll destroy my life and my career. Right. But then you look at someone like you. I mean, you, you talk about it almost every day and, and complain about it and your career is thriving. So And that's why I keep telling people to start doing it, to start standing yeah. up because it's 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 I don't I don't know exactly where the quote come from comes from. I will tell you that I I think I accidentally made up a quote from Andrew Breitbart <laughs> where um. someone told me this. They said, I was told that Breitbart said this and he didn't, but it was, you walk towards the fire mm. and it's scary at first, but yeah. on the other side is freedom. And so you have all these people who are seeing this fire and they're like, I can't do it. I can't. It's bad. And then I'm like, watch. And I run and I jump, jump over the fire, jump through the wall and, and you're fine. Jump right through. No problem. And there's freedom on the other side. We're all hanging out. We're all, we're all free. No, no one can do anything to us. They can't take anything away from us. We've built something new that is ours. But you have to keep moving when you get close to that fire because if you stop when you get burned. and you panic, burned. you're going to burn to death. And But is it does it all come down to, and almost to bring in the meditation aspect as well and like the self and the ego and all that, is it a courage issue, right? And like a lot of people, you know, our country was founded upon individual liberty, personal responsibility, to, to take risks, to be whoever you want to be. There's no ceiling you know, you define who you are, you define your own destiny. But then we've slowly eroded into, no, you must comply. You are in this social order. You are, you know, even with the school system, you, you know, you kind of have to fit this mold. And are, are we as a society just so, um, have we just been so kind of 
led onto this kind of social structure. This is the way things are supposed to be. Therefore, we we shouldn't speak out. We shouldn't have the courage to speak out. And then it goes back to kind of like meditation. Is that are we all just striving to kind of unlock that courage and unlock that that self and get rid of that ego and, and stand firm and, and kind of move forward? And I think more people need to do yeah, that. Yeah, for sure. I was growing up in public school system. I was always afraid to speak out, hand up. Yeah. Right? I didn't want to get in trouble. That was yeah. a big part of it. I don't want to get in trouble. And taking psychedelics opened my mind and made me realize how powerful I am as an individual, uh, especially marijuana was the first one, uh, psilocybin. And the government has made those substances illegal for a reason. It's not a weird coincidence. Like those are powerful individual creationism tactics to use chemicals in, in life. And it it's very dangerous for the nat- natural order to, to constantly have upheaval. So I understand why why they're they're controlled in a way, but to our detriment, as we can see a psilocybin was just made legal in DC like and used for PTSD and I'm sorry, you said look that you were about to say something. No. But um, we can talk. You, you were mentioning something before because we were, we were just talking about the critical race theory stuff. Yeah. Uh, or should say I brought it up. But you were mentioning something about schools and like furries and things like that. Yes. Mm-hmm. So you have – so f- there are a lot of different states passing bills now um, that critical race theory and all this – Critical be- theory in general, I suppose. Right. Being – it's now being implemented at a state level perspective and then the school boards can either determine whether or not they obviously want to, to encourage it. But there's a huge problem because then again, you get back to being bullied and, and bullied into submission. And if you're that one parent that stands up and says, I'm not okay with my child, not only the teacher talking about this stuff, but my child having to comply and sit there and listen to this. Are you then? You know, your your house being burned to the ground because you're one parent that had courage to stand up for their child. And then on a state level, when you have your own your elected officials pushing this on a state perspective, where is the control? Right. What? Who does have the power to get that stuff out of our school systems? The parents should. The, the school board should what, what? not the state. What's interesting about this stuff is that because critical theory is a religion, but it's not recognized legally as one. It's basically them putting religion into the schools, into the public schools. Right. These are people who believe insane things that aren't true. They believe things that are not based in fact or history. And the teachers are teaching it. They're creating diversity, inclusivity, and equity positions at at, 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 uh, uh, corporations. Mm -hmm. This is religious. It's non-theistic religion. So now it's in schools. Dogmatic. Right. And then who determines, especially in a company... Who determines what the criteria is if you're not complying with their diversity and inclusion? Your your woke priest, the woke equivalent of one. Right. The the uh, uh, the chief diversity officer HR lady. acts as yeah. the <laughs> internal party member to tell you what you know is right or wrong. Right. But uh, more specifically, correct if I'm wrong, but you were mentioning something. About oh yeah, furries school, and things protecting like protecting furries. Yes. Is this true? School, yes, schools protecting. Uh, furries. But this, is actually this was happened. Happening? Yeah, I won't name the school, but this actually happened, uh, and well, so, and it's so. very similar to kind of the the gender things as well. Um, if you if you are in if you're a teacher and you don't you know refer to somebody as their correct pronoun furry, or now a furry, for example, uh, you could be fired, or okay, you, so for, you can be for, in trouble, suspended, whatever it might be. For those that aren't familiar with what a f- you guys all know what furries are, right? <laughs> 
Yeah, but enlighten me. Unfortunately. So they're basically people who have some kind of that identify with anthropomorphic cartoon animals. So they have what's called a fursona. And oh, we're, we got booted off the internet, but we'll just keep going. They have what's called a fursona, where they have a suit that they wear that is a cartoon animal. Mm-hmm. And some people refer to them as like fetishists. Others say it's just more of an identity thing. But the reason I, I thought this was interesting when you brought this up before is because I've talked about this, that under the New York City human rights law, it does provide legal protection to, legal protection to furries. Mm-hmm. So people who uh, want to wear a fursuit to work under the law should be legally allowed to do it. The law states, at least in New York, uh, that gender identity is self-expression and that you cannot be discriminated, discriminated against based on what you wear, what you call yourself. And for good re- like for obvious reasons, right? If a transgender person is, you know, wearing, if it's, if it's a, someone born male and then they, they, they identify as female and they're wearing a dress and they say their name is Susan, the idea is the business can't discriminate against them based on those characteristics. But then it opens the door for things like furries. And, and I think the, 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 inter- the thing about furries is that it's interesting because it's a recognizable identity group of people that is, I mean, they have, they have conventions. There's a, there's a lot of them. So you can't act like it's not real and they're protected under these rules. So, you know, earlier before the show, you were mentioning something about how like a school, mm-hmm. there was like a teacher, I guess, who didn't want to do it or something. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. And I won't name you it. Again. I won't name the day. But yeah, a teacher was like, I cannot believe that I, you know, I could get in trouble because I call this person by their name and mm-hmm. not by their, you know, furry. Fursona. Fursona. I don't know. So you, you could. Never heard what that is but until this particular instant and it's this is happening in a lot of different places this is happening in states all across the country and well particularly more blue states for you know obvious reasons from a policy perspective but this is happening a lot and like and parents probably don't even know and then their kids have to deal with the stuff at school i mean it's it's just so it seems so bizarre to me i think there may be a light light at at the end of the tunnel homeschool your kids Right. This is going to encourage more and more parents to get right. out of the public school system. Everything the left has been doing has been pushing this country, in my opinion, closer towards Ankapistan. <laughs> where, yeah. where, Love defund it. the police. Okay. We'll hire private police. We're going to, we're going to indoctrinate your kids in your schools. Then we're going to create our own school pods and pull our kids out. It's forcing families to basically privatize things. And you have so many moms or parents that were never even political at all, but then they see this stuff infiltrating from a political perspective and they're like wow i need to get involved because this has gotten to a point where it's affecting me and my children and and that really kind of wakes people up as well i mean i hear this all the time on the campaign trail they're like i never followed politics until Mm -hmm. this stuff was happening uh and so there that is a silver lining this is very stuff like little kids that were sat down in front of like teletubbies or like cartoons with like a broken family i think so I don't know about broken family, but I think Maybe. if if someone identifies with anthropomorphic cartoon animals, I have to imagine that they spent a decent amount of time as as a, as, as a child watching anthropomorphic cartoon animals and then built an identity around that. Tiny Toons. Yeah, if you're if you're, Looney Tunes, if you're a little kid and you're not interacting with adult human beings, and they're putting you in front of a TV where you're watching, you know, Bernstein Bears and Tiny Toons or Looney Tunes or whatever, then you are seeing cartoon animals talking. And your brain is being wired for that to mm. be adult society. Interesting. So you build this identity around cartoon animals that talk and act like people. And then you get people who dress up like that, identify that way. If I played Age of Empires as a kid, do I 
Do you I might, you get might, to be like you, Joan of Arc then? You, or if, if, you, if you play right? Age of Empires as a kid, you may end up, I don't know, running for office to become some kind of political politician. People just need to, kids need to come, like, play more outside or something. I mean, this has just gotten. I think strategy you know, games people, are incredible for yeah. your brain. Oh, they are. Kids yeah, need like jobs. Chess. Kids need jobs. Kids need yeah. jobs. But need- not not the awful kind of jobs from the industrial era, era like hanging out with your dad and, and, you know, watching him. Yeah, like raising chickens. That's what I did. Yeah, you're, you're, the, the children should be watching their parents work in yeah. some capacity. So mm-hmm. that's, that's, that's what I mean by jobs. It should yeah. be like, hey, I'm going to be building this thing. Come watch and I'll show you what I'm so doing. So kids should apprentice. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's what they used to do. The kid would watch the, their parent do a certain task and learn how to do it. So play outside, play strategy games, and apprentice. That that's the key to parenting, I think. There you go. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. yeah being around, as a non-parent, I would, <laughs> that's look, the look, way look. I would parent. Kids want to be like adults, so they're looking up to adults and they're emulating that behavior. If we put kids around a bunch of kids, they just emulate each other, and then they get their their behaviors from an amalgamation of weird YouTube videos and and you know. Oh, geez, celebrities. Well, why aren't, yeah? Right. Why aren't the parents saying? Parents are working. Both mom and dad are at work. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yes, yeah, but that's or they don't realize how powerful like media can warp a brain, right? Especially a young brain. Yeah, this is so interesting to me because my family got static because we were homeschooled, and everyone's like, "Well, they need to be socialized. They they need to be around other kids their age." And my parents are like, "No, they're around adults." You know, adults will show them how to speak and how to act, and they don't really need that influence. And I did wish that I had more friends, but at the same time, I feel like I did mature faster because I was around people who already had this developed sense of self. And to me, it was a net benefit because it's like you need that positive um, influence of adults in your life, not just other kids. Yeah. No, I was homeschooled, too. And I think for high school, I is not good in school at all. And it kind of goes back to, you know, everybody trying to fit somebody into a box. I think all kids really learn differently and school is just not for me. But then I was homeschooled and I ended up um, graduating a few years early and just really thriving because nice. not only are you around kind of adults, but you're also able to kind of understand curriculum or, or you know, almost read and, and be outside of this kind of construct and, and the, complexities that come in a classroom right that come with a classroom and and other kids and things like that so i'm a huge proponent of school choice especially Mm -hmm. and and homeschooling and you know every kid should learn their own way and um yeah there's a social aspect of that but so you went to public school in the beginning yeah i did i did i went to public school for how long um up until about high school and then did by choice did you leave no yeah you know what i just i didn't i never found I don't know if I was challenged or it was just a different, I wasn't challenged enough. Um, but I just learned differently and I, I ended up, um, homeschooling and then going to the community college, uh, back home and basically skipping junior and senior, senior yeah. year of college and then going straight into, um, university at Miami of Ohio, uh, for a four year degree. So kind of did a, a weird route. If you could do it again, would you have homeschooled the entire time or? Do you think it helped that you spent some time in that? That's a good question. I don't know. Uh, I would, I think probably up until elementary school, I, I think public school is okay or like being around other kids is, is fine. Um, but then there gets to a point where, you know, all kids are learning differently or at that time it was like, you're either put into, you know, higher level classes or you're not, or if you were, a lot of it was, I, I think it's, 
I guess in short, I'm glad I did at least by elementary school and a little bit of middle school um, in the pu- in the public space, but then ultimately kind of where I needed to get serious and uh, needed to get into college and, and needed to kind of focus and thrive. I was able to do that by being outside of homeschooled at a high school level. You use the internet a lot when you were homeschooling? Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. That's the key, man. Yeah. It's a secret. We, we are in the era where uh, you can teach yourself. Yeah, you become an autodidact, right? Is that the the yeah, character? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I feel like I was such an avid reader as a kid, and like always, kind of wanted to ex- explore other topics, and and I just did not conform to this, um, kind of uh, just this the the structure of public school and just what they wanted to to teach. It just was not my thing, but I. Did they say nasty things about you where your teacher's like, if you don't do this, you're going to end up working at McDonald's? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I was like, it was crazy. I was at, I think, like a junior level reading level and I was in like third grade or something crazy. Like, and I, and I only say that because in this school and in some public schools, you have teachers that they they look at kids and they're like, well, you're not smart enough and you're not that. Well, my test scores proved otherwise. I just wasn't you know, good at school, I guess. Yeah. And, uh, and that really hurts self-esteem because I knew I was smart, but I just never, uh, but when you have pe- people telling you that you're not fitting a mold or you don't have teachers that are encouraging you in a positive way, which I had great teachers, but I also had kind of bad ones like every kid. Right. Um, and you can talk about this. I'm sure from a homeschool perspective is, um, when you have people at a, such a young age, like not encouraging you or not wanting to ha- kind of one-on-one or help you from a, a learning perspective. And that's where the parent comes in. And my parents came in, they were like, you know what, you're, you're not doing great in school. Let's try, we know that you're smart, but let's find a different avenue for you. That's the parents have to take that responsibility. Right. Um, but it does, it does hurt your self-esteem when you're a kid and, because they're like, I, well, you're different from well, your other I, kids. I kind of had the opposite uh, reaction when I was in school. Yeah. And I would do well on tests but just not care for the homework. Mm-hmm. I just got more arrogant the more they told me I was wrong. <laughs> I was like you, – you, you, so I remember I had one instance in, in math class when I was like in seventh grade or something. And it was like a really stupid problem, like 30 minus 50. And I was like dozing off, not paying attention to so my teacher. <laughs> like, who can answer this question? And then she calls on me thinking she got me. And I look at it and I'm like negative 20. And then I go back to like doodling stick figures. And then she demand, she demanded of me like, what's the formula? And I was like, formula for what? Like, how did you come to the answer that, you know, 30 minus 50 is negative 20? And I was like, it's like three, three minus five. I don't, what do you mean? Like, it's just arithmetic. It like did in my head. Yeah. And then I got in trouble. I got detention because of it. Wow. And so I was like, this just proves these people are morons because I can do it instantly and they can't. I, the biggest frustration of mine, I remember I was chewing gum in school. I think I was in middle school or something. I was chewing gum and I forgot to spit it out before getting into class and I did it twice, I guess, in the same week. My teacher deducted from my grade wow. because I was chewing gum. And at that point I was like, this is unacceptable. You are a teacher. You are here to teach me this subject. You are not here to discipline me over gum. This is communism. <laughs> and I freaked out. I swear. I was yes. like, this is at that point, I was probably in middle school. And I was like, at this point, this is un. I'm like, you, my, I'm being punished from a grade perspective. And because of, I was chewing gum. How, how, how hilarious is that? How hilarious would it be to see 
13-year-old Catalina screaming at the teacher, this is <laughs> communism! <laughs> Telling me not to chew gum is communism! I love it. No, but it shows that deducting your points wasn't about your, your, your skill or abilities. Right. It was about you being a perfect little drone mm. and doing as you're told. Exactly. And then, you know, nobody that, everybody that did what they were told got perfect grades. Yeah, That's like communism. You. They'll pass you through school. <laughs> I had a class in college that I never attended. I think I attended the first day and then just stopped going. I missed the, the midterm mm-hmm. uh, test and they were like, mm-hmm. it's an automatic failure. I was like, hey, I went in, I talked to the guy, I charmed him and I was like, <laughs> can I somehow do anything ple- to pass? And he was like, if you can get an A on the final, I'll give you a D and pass you. So I studied. I got an A on the final, and they passed me. Totally against. They just liked me. It's it's. it's I don't want to swear, but that whole system is rigged and jacked, mm, yeah. in my opinion. It's so easy to get through it if they like you, and it's like you said, they'll just if you, if you're arrogant, they just want to destroy you because they're they're egomaniacs. I, and then think about the political stuff. Sorry to interrupt you, but think about politics. I was very outspoken as a kid or as a college student at my school, and I had professors that. I would get bad grades because I, on a test, if I didn't agree with them and, and I'll say that now and I'm proud of it because I look at some kids now and they're on campus and they're like, well, I just, I really want to write the right thing so that my professor doesn't, you know, fail me because I'm a conservative. That is a huge problem. That is a a very bad problem. Sounds sounds like his conservatives are spineless mm. or just yeah, kids in dude, general. I'd rather have this. a D. No, 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 no. I, I'd rather than fail. ever. Yeah, I'd, I'd rather, rather fail. fail. The problem is they're yeah. spending all this money to mm. go there and if they disagree with their professor and fail, then they they've wasted their money basically. So they have to agree yeah. with something they don't agree with. And and it's warping these kids into crazy. Probably is what's happening. Yeah. Yep. I'm so agitated today because of this this it's Chauvin thing. School, yeah. school cuts off the tall grass. Mm-hmm. That's if what you if you are young and talented, they do everything to hold you back and try and stuff you in a box. Yeah, right. it moves at a specific pace. If you're not fast enough, you get left behind. If you're too fast, you you get pulled back. Yeah. Yeah. Well, then you're told that you're different, and then we think about. I love. For example, Ayn Rand and The Fountainhead and a lot of her books. And you think about all these entrepreneurs and people who weren't good in school and they, you know, do great things in the world. And why aren't those people celebrated? But instead, we need to protect the structure of the public school system and protect everybody kind of is is the same. Uh, I think that's to the detriment of individuality. In a it lot is. of ways. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's communism. Public yeah. education is an incredible boon. You know, before we had it, it, you, it was hard to get an education. But now we don't need this weird regiment. We have the internet and access to the information to, so we can still provide I mean, the boon. I'll, I'll be honest, man. Kids should be learning stuff way before five years old. Oh, yeah. And right. so the idea that an American kid is going to, like, sit around watching nothing but cartoons until five and then go to school to learn the stuff. How is horrible for a smart kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and I'll, I, to make it also not to bring up um, politics, but to bring up politics, <laughs> there was a school in Illinois, and they had the worst percentage of their kids were not reading and writing. I mean, they had the worst test scores, but that the biggest priority for them was renaming the school. They didn't want it to be called Thomas Jefferson anymore. They wanted it to be called because of the race relations and tearing down statues and all that. That's what you're focused on when your kids are at an 11% reading at literacy rate against the state. 
When did this happen? When did this was recently. Did this was a couple months George ago. Floyd I don't know. School? You know, George they Floyd? they wanted it Barack Obama middle, middle school. That's right. But then people started um they pushed back on pushed that. back on that because he didn't do enough for <laughs> um <laughs> for DACA and immigration. Again, your your school is failing. It was in a, a predominantly minority district, so people say, "Well, we're, we're against, you know, why aren't you well, if you want to help minorities, then, you know, help Increase your literacy rates. Right. Increase people being able to thrive and get out of the system, whatever Whoa. it might be. Hold, hold on. You're, you're, no, no, no. I'm sorry, Catalina. That is racist. The reason they can't thrive is not because they don't know how to read. It's because of white supremacy. Right. It's very. It's, That's it's, what they think. It's just so right. much easier. Should it I teach is. the kid to read or right. just point at Ian and be like, Ian, it, and you're, you're a – The problem with white. that and why it gets – Why <laughs> some people actually might think it is because in the early 1800s when the slavery system was there, there were like white people that had black slaves and they were keeping them illiterate on purpose because mm-hmm. they wanted to keep them disempowered mm-hmm. and unable to, to migrate basically. They're, they're just – they're using all this stuff as a scapegoat. Yeah. Because it wasn't that they were white and black. It didn't matter what their races were. They just happened to be those people at that time. Yes. Access to information Slavery is all over the planet. Indeed. Yeah. Access to information well, and poverty. Like these are, these are major issues that create injustice. Right. Access like, to information. Like the, the, la- the lack of it. I mean, yeah. like people who can't access the internet uh, or, or who are not able to learn the truth about what's going on who have bad teachers or who are forced to go to these institutional learning facilities and they, and they can't learn people who have access to knowledge and people who are i mean poverty is connected to that if you're poor you're the likelihood that you're reading the classics and, and powerful books and philosophy is, is lower it's, according to democrats though you can't even get a license if you're a minority let yeah. alone access the internet so, well, what? so so that's that's the opportunity thing they think the opportunity doesn't exist right when quite literally it's it's an outcome issue but the opportunity does exist if people aren't doing it there's personal choice involved you're making me think about censorship and like this whole censorship thing is is although they may think the ceos may think they're doing something good by keeping dangerous information away from you they might actually be be punishing us because sometimes you need to see all sides of a situation mind comp is a book people read it and become more intelligent and intellectual understanding the way a psychopath may think not necessarily emulating it, right? But you must see the demon to circumvent the demon, and I, I, I'm I'm scared that if we censor too much information, that we'll end up becoming whitewashed and and, and basically fall prey to this stuff when it does arise. Well, it's like book burning. I mean, the books being taken off of yeah. the internet or you know whatever it might be. It's the same thing. You're you're who ultimately decides what is. What is wrong and what is that is to be always read. the question is mm-hmm. who decides what gets to stay and what gets censored. Right. And the the point that we made on the show several times during the, the lockdown, people couldn't go to bars, people couldn't talk to each other, but you could go online. The only problem is mm-hmm. your opinions were filtered through Twitter, Facebook and YouTube, so certain ideas weren't allowed to propagate. Right. Creepy stuff. And I'm sure yeah. <laughs> FaceTime, does that have And and uh, uh <laughs> with, with that being said, I will I will state um I got suspended from Facebook. Yeah. Over the weekend, what happened? What I happened? made I made a a, a a joke about cops being racist. <laughs> Too spicy. No, no seriously. I, I was like, uh, I I was like, I'm gonna make a joke that basically is a cops are racist joke, and it was not that spicy at all. It was like, how many cops does mm. take to change a light bulb? I guess I won't tell the joke. <laughs> it was just about you know the the, the light bulb going black, and then I I posted on Facebook, and they suspended me for 24 hours. I thought it was hilarious. Out of all the things I say, it's the calling cops racist is the is the thing that gets me 
All right, Facebook, whatever you say, man. But I, I do appreciate that the, 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 the people who watch me and follow me don't get offended when I make a joke like that because it's a smart bunch who watch the show, you know? I love it. Politically Always. nuanced and understanding and well, people are okay cr- with humor. They're craving authenticity too. Yeah. And I think, and that's, I talk about that in the campaign trail a lot and why people probably just love you and in the podcast and why people come to a lot of these different mediums now and gravitate towards people who are just honest and authentic and, and you can still, you know, joke. I mean, we're getting to this point where it's like everything offends everybody. Yeah. That's, and uh, that's Fahrenheit 451, isn't it? Yeah. That's even scarier. It's like you can't even, you can't even talk. Because everything's person. offensive. So you got to get rid of the books. In text it is. I, I, you can't read the room when there's, in text is my mm. thoughts. Like I have been so inundated <laughs> with text in the last 16 years since yeah. like the inter- internet comments, basically YouTube comments and uh, 14 years, 15 years. That now when I get a text from my dad, who's one of my best friends, I just look at it like every other person. I'm mm. cold. I'm, I'm dismissive to it because it's just text in my face. If there's some criticism in it, I don't hear his voice. I don't right. feel his wisdom. Mm. I just see his profanity. Well, how about we take some advice from the Super Chats and oh. see what they have to say. Great if you haven't advice. already, you can leave a Super oh. Chat. We'll try and read as many as we can. We've got a lot cool. of Super Chats. So. Are we still online? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I thought we weren't. Oh. No, no, no. It, so oh. it, we have we have a multiple redundancy. So sometimes when you hear that boo, 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 it like cuts off and in real quick. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. We got super like, chats. Okay. People are giving us money to be able to say things. <laughs> I love yeah, it. So if you haven't already, smash that like button, subscribe to this channel, hit the notification bell, and go to TimCast.com, become a member, because we will have an exclusive members-only segment coming up after the show. Yes. Let's read. We got Kat Garcia who says, hey, guys, in Animal Farm... The animals sat atop the knoll and sadly realized this was the system they had bled for. Are we those animals, sadly, sitting atop the hill, realizing there is no recourse for the system we helped create? Man. There is hope. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't know. I don't, I, sometimes I might, I might be pessimistic, but uh, I don't want to be that pessimistic. Yeah, you can change a lot really fast, especially with the ability to communicate on yeah. the internet um, horizontally instead of vertically. Like, you don't have to get 50 people in a room. You can get 100 million people in a room well poofy followed it up with we're poofy. seeing we're seeing all of the institutions that make the u.s great turn to smoldering ash mm-hmm. that's a well, that was good yeah it's kind of brutal it is yeah oh man people are pretty pessimistic I, in the chat i don't right know if now. i can keep well, being like a, a beacon of lights all these <laughs> negative comments <laughs> no you can't okay. free that's speech no. still reigns supreme I'll tell yeah. you why. We, because we have people like Catalina who are oh. literally running for office, people who are like my age. And I'm like, she's actually doing something. That's awesome. Thank you. But so are you guys. And I and I always hound in on the point of local level, school mm-hmm. board, state rep, federal, sure, get yeah. involved. Be a precinct captain. Be a committeeman. Knock doors for people. Get involved. You can change things. But we need to uh-huh. mobilize on a, on a bigger scale. All right, Arcyon says the verdict Chauvin means justice doesn't have to exist if you're hated enough. Your justice is now a popularity contest. Yeah. Chauvin was apparently wanted, he wanted to plead guilty to third degree murder because he knew he, it was done no matter what. He's afraid. Yeah. He knew the politics of it was going to, but he didn't. They didn't allow him to, I guess. They, huh. they took a third degree murder charge out and then made it second degree murder. And then he's like, dude, they, it, it seems like a setup, to be honest. They wanted this. They wanted this not guilty. I'm sorry. They wanted this guilty verdict. Mm -hmm. It's such a dark. It was such a dark day for me today. And I I saw like images of people crying, like like grief that 
even though he was found guilty, it wasn't what they were. It's, it's not, like it's not enough. It's like when you kill the enemy you hate, and you realize that wasn't vengeance. Wasn't, wasn't what made me happy. I didn't. Yeah, revenge doesn't yeah. make that pain go away. Doesn't, doesn't work. Unreasonably angry says, "Do these jurors not realize they are not safe from these marchers, regardless of their verdict? They don't. They don't get it. Well, I will, I will, I'll say they're safer. I guess to a certain degree for now." Turnabout Turnip Knoll says, even my black coworker thinks the riots are completely idiotic. Hmm. The riots would happen no matter what the outcome was. We will see. We'll see. Matt M says, the jury only delayed the inevitable. He'll appeal the verdict. We'll get thrown, uh, thrown, we'll get overthrown. And we, we will be back where we are now. This verdict is only going to hurt communities that will be under police now. If they did not indict uh, Derek Chauvin, the riots would have happened anyway. They would have stopped, and it'd be done. There'd be no riots right now. Maybe the Dante Wright thing would happen, but maybe that whole chain of offense, butterfly effect, who knows what would happen. But Drawing it out. Yeah, they're drawing it out. Doing the trial again reignites all that anger. So there you go. Ugh. <laughs> Delhi Opla says, How can you continue to say violence doesn't work if today proved nothing else, if nothing else, that violence does? Well, I guess the way I look at it is... If the country burns down and there's no justice, would you really call that working? The system isn't working. The benefit of the individual, the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness is failing. I guess if you want to say in the political sense that they're getting what they want by being violent extremists, well, I guess the only reason that's happening is because good good men do nothing. I'm good people do nothing. It's, it's 20, <laughs> 20 for, 21st century. Yeah. I'm thinking of it as like a role-playing game. If you want to play as the evil character and just destroy everyone and blow up all the buildings, you don't really get to enjoy the game. Like, there's no plot. Hmm. So it's it's harder to be the good guy, but much more, in my opinion, enjoyable and rewarding. Yeah, much more nuanced. We got one for, for Ian. Kaiser C says, love you, Ian. You make me laugh and think. My super chat yesterday was a Hulk reference, but it sounded like a jab. My apologies. Huh. Also, it's 40, de- 40 degrees here in Minnesota. Oof. It's too cold to riot. That's a good point, though. Yeah. I'm glad yeah. to hear that. The, the winner. They came out too early. Mind your sarcasm in text, my yeah, friend. Yeah. That's part of that's part of it, because sometimes you just can't you can't read through that. All right. IPO says, what you've been arguing for is exactly what Ayn Rand proposes in Atlas Shrugged. You need to shrug off the weight and leave them to their chaos. I know. I've been saying it. The cops should all resign. I tweeted that earlier today. If they don't want you there, if they're going to put you in prison for being there, Mm -hmm. and no one is standing up for you, I think it's time to go. But I'll tell you this. Isn't there going to be a... Like, if I was a cop and I was going down, I'd quit right now, and it would feel so good to do it. A lot of them are. But it, it, it's these people are going to have a quick realization about what what it really means right. when you don't have police there anymore. <laughs> it's it's and they, didn't they, we didn't we see the the data of and polling of people wanted more yeah law enforcement mm-hmm. in African American communities right it, well no, I'm sure it's all communities sure, yeah. even in the like suburbs that? we had three million dollars worth of damage in a nice suburb of Illinois nobody said anything nobody stood up after the BLM riots. Wow. Nothing. What if, Sorry. like, um, the cops resigned and then Amazon police showed up that supported <laughs> the riots and enforced the riots and made sure oh. they were allowed to take place? They voted for it. I know, but what if there was no vote Ian, anymore? if you come to me and say, I vote for you to hit me in the face, and I did, <laughs> would, I, would I feel bad for you? Like if wait, you, if, wait, lie that out again for me. If, you, if you're like, hey, Tim, I would like to vote that you, you know, throw, uh, throw a, a you know, punch me in the face. And then I'm like, okay. And then I hit you and you start going, ah, it hurts. It hurts so bad. Should I feel bad for you when you asked me to do this? 
I don't think so. They yeah. voted for Biden and Kamala Harris in Minnesota. Kamala Harris, who literally solicited donations to bail the rioters out. If private police yeah. show up and start enforcing, uh, like, helping the rioters, I'll be like, what do you want me to say? Am I supposed stop. to? Say but stop. But they voted for it. Say vote vote for better people. I say that all the time. But, bro, it's, it's, this is how this, the system I mean, works. just because someone crapped in your river doesn't mean that that's just the way it's going to be. Like, you can... Dude, if people vote for something that is constitutional to a certain degree, I guess, if if a community says, we all want this thing, who are you to tell them they can't have it? An American citizen. Who are you to say they're not, that's not, that's, that's, that's autocracy. If you think you can go in to a community and tell them to live the way you demand. I think I can help convince them, but I'm not going to command it. Sure. So at a certain point of trying, don't you just say, dude, look, they really want their homes burned down. Why am I going to tell them they can't have it? That's like the apathy. Who's right. apathy? No. Like theirs? No, if, you, if you're like, F it, dude. Let dude, them, if someone begs to have their home burned down, I'm going to be like, yeah, but okay, it's not well. that literal. You know, they voted for people they thought were going to protect them. They, they didn't realize. The or they didn't have better alternatives, which is what also happens in a lot of these big they Democrat run. No, I didn't mean presidential. I mean, even at a city like, say, Minneapolis or in Chicago, for example. You don't have another side really standing firm or standing up and, and people to counter that they're like I, well i'm going to vote because these are the only people to vote for I, I i somewhat disagree i mean i get it in these heavy districts but aoc had tons of competition uh, that were moderate democrats and republicans and people still chose to vote for her yeah so it's like dude if someone is begging to have their property destroyed if if kamala harris is like i'm going to bail these people out i'll put it this way there's a guy standing outside my neighbor's house holding a giant torch yelling, I'm going to burn his house down. And the guy goes, I don't think he'll burn my house down. I'd like to let him in my home. I'm going to be like, dude, I can't help you. You know what I mean? Yeah. If it's that literal, okay. Kamala Harris tweeted, send donations to bail yeah, these people yeah. out of jail. Some very serious, serious violent offenders. It's pretty literal. Donald Trump said, I want to stop the riots. How did you miss that? Because a lot of those people aren't on Twitter. So listen, I think, Ian, you're making the mistake. That the the people of Minnesota disagree with what's happening. Uh, well, because um, they're showing us otherwise from yes, through a voting. Actually, speak louder than words. But I think you're making a mistake that you're assuming people read Twitter and that know follow that follow Kamala's suggestion to let. The, I don't think no, most people not, know that she that. did that. I didn't say that at all. Most I'm actually I'm actually that arguing she... that people did not pay attention in any capacity, right, yeah. right. and then voted for the people who want to burn their homes down. Do and there's work. nothing I can do to defend but, them but when they, they vote for they it. They didn't know that they were helping the houses get burned down. If they were like, burn my house down, okay, Ian, then I let, wouldn't Let me ask you a question, them. Ian. If a guy is staying outside of a bank and he says, hey, can you hold this bag for me and come on inside? You say, sure. And you walk you walk in with him in the, with the bank, holding open a bag, and then he robs the bank and puts the money in it. And then you hand him the bag and you both run out together. Guess who's going to prison? Both you. Of you. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Are you being complicit by not participating? There, you're not going to be able to go to a judge and be like, I didn't know what the bag was for. Should have put the bag over the guy's head. Yeah, you wrestled him with the bag. No, I mean, look, hindsight is twenty twenty, but there's a guy robbing a bank. You're holding the bag, and you helped him do it. These Kamala Harris and Joe Biden were actively in support of the extremists. Yes. Now, Joe Biden did say violence is bad several times. I can respect that. But his own staff donated to bail out the rioters, and Kamala Harris directly solicited donations to do so. I get it. These people aren't on Twitter or watching the news, but they're not informed when they go and vote, and they go and vote for people who want to burn their homes down. You're making the assumption. That they don't want that that they they voted for someone to burn their house down, but now all of a sudden they don't want it to happen. I kind of think they wanted this to happen. I kind of think the people of Minneapolis like the riots of the protests. Maybe they do. Well, they need somebody needs to Dude. lay down the law. If they don't like it, then 
do something about it. There are protests happening, and the people of these cities are convinced they're peaceful protesters. And they've watched it happen. They watch these people go around outside. I think most people in these places like what's happening. I genuinely believe that. So who am I to tell them how to live? That's authoritarianism, man. You vote for uh, it, it's all yours. Count I don't me know. out. I can't assume if they want it or don't want it. I just, I don't want to escalate. I don't want to accelerate the problem, which is the all right. dissolution of the police. Let's, in my let's, let's try this another way. A community has banned psychedelics, right? You think they shouldn't do that. You think they should live the way you want them to live. Is That's authoritarianism. Well, depending on how I go about enforcing that would be authoritarianism. I All would right. make a video to try and convince them to do it. If they vote for it, will you a... respect their wishes? Yeah. But I okay, would then also now respect their them. vote for Kamala Harris. Yeah, I do. I am not going to now say, this is why my position has become the police should leave. Mm. The vote has happened. The people have spoken. They have voted for representatives who support the riots and the extremism. At this point, the police, it is in the best interest for them if they don't want to go to prison, and for the people who asked for it, for them to leave. Now, in my opinion, what will happen is what we saw last time when they voted to abolish the police. The people of the city started freaking out and calling the city council, begging for cops to come back. Right. But dude, if you live in someone's house and everyone is screaming, Ian, get out. And then you look over at your one best friend who's like, I'm not going to get involved, dude, because they're going to yell at me. And you're like, I'm not leaving. I'm going to stay. It's like, dude, you should leave. And then it turns out you were the one who made the delicious bread everyone loved. And they're going to be like, was that Ian making that bread? Can we yeah. get Ian back? Yeah. You don't know what you got till it's gone. I know there is a value to walking out on someone so that they appreciate you you're, because they don't know what they got till it's gone. But right. when you're talking about police law enforcement, it's not just an emotional, like, I wish they were here. It's like, but you're, you're skipping die. the first point of my argument. If, the pe- if, if there's 10 people in the house and four of them are really good friends with you and six vote for you to get kicked out. And the other three, including you, the other three are like, I know I really like that you're here, but I'm not going to speak up because I don't want them getting mad at me. Okay, then leave. No one is asking you to stay, dude. The cops are there. Everyone is basically saying either get out or I won't. I I do not believe in you enough to support you. That's the issue. I don't know what everyone is thinking. It, Look, there are clearly like some at it people from the outside who, are, who are defending it. And we're looking at social media. We're seeing it through social media. So it's hard to tell. I'm just talking about vote numbers, dude. Or they, they don't want to be a part of it because if they disagree, they're going to be ostracized or bullied. Again, back to the courage thing, right? They're, nobody's kind of standing up and, and saying no. or Yeah, that came up last night that if they're disorganized and start speaking out one by one, the mob will come for them one by one. Right. We, we, we got a super United. chat here from the one free man. He says, I hope the police turn their backs on the riots tonight. Let it all burn. That's what the mob wants. This wasn't justice. This was a sacrifice. I'm just saying this, man. If the people say, Ian, would you please leave? How, who are you to say no? I, I would, I would leave. I they voted to I'd... abolish the police. They voted for Kamala Harris and the cops it. are still there. Like I'm not going anywhere. Well, now Kim Potter gets to go to prison next. Who's next? It's going to be some 28-year-old cop who just got out of the academy or whatever, and he's going to be driving his car, and then someone's going to cut him off. He's going to crash and hit somebody, and they're going to pull him out of his car, and they're going to beat him to death or some other extreme psychopathic behavior. If this was a video game and I could reload my save game, yeah, I would do that. Get rid of the police, watch them all suffer, and then laugh about it, and then reload my game so that people aren't suffering anymore. But I don't want it to evolve, devolve into anarchy. Ian, we're not laughing at them. We're definitely not. And my heart 100% goes out to the people who will be suffering because of this. But 
Tim's right. This is something that they voted for. If they didn't know that Kamala Harris tried to get these people out of prison, that's their fault. You are supposed to do your homework before you vote. I sure did. Like, I was paying attention. I was plugged in. Everybody should be. And the same way with, I mean, any of these Maxine Waters, I mean, these people, their comments matter. And if, if for, on a conservative side, if our comments matter, then the, the, they've said worse things. Yeah. Uh, somebody needs to be held accountable at the end of the day. And, and it goes back to the voting and you're going to vote for someone like Kamala Harris and understand that voting has consequences. I, I, I view the cops that remain as like scabs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what scabs are? Yeah, those are the people that if if a union goes on strike, they'll hire like random people to fill the jobs, and those are called scabs. Ugh. So a lot of good cops left because, for one, many of them know when they're not wanted. Many of them don't want to be the next sacrificial lamb for the for the cult of wokeness, and many of them are like, if you if this is what you want, you'll get you know I'm not then you can have it. But there's a, a bunch of them who are like, it's a paycheck, I'll be fine. I will prop up a system of psych- psychotic behavior and destruction and, and violence and make sure that people don't you know don't realize what's going on I'll, I'll i'll be a part of that system that to me that's that's insanity you get this kim potter woman and this guy with aggravated robbery armed with a weapon and she shot him and now she gets to go to prison for it they are telling police officers in no uncertain terms if you try to make an arrest and a mistake happens it's felony assault and murder so how long until the next dopey Minnesota cop who thinks he'll be fine is arresting someone and then that person starts screaming and sh- and shouting and fighting literally resisting arrest and then trips and falls hits his head and dies and then that cop gets to go to prison hey so all these cops look man I'll put it this way by all means all the cops there can stay who am I to judge but I will not be defending any of them in any capacity when they when they're the next to line up for prison I'll laugh honestly I I, I will defend them. If they were like a rioter was throwing a brick through a window and a cop grabbed him and then he tripped and fell and broke his head and then died and the cop is on trial, I would defend that cop. I would defend the, 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 the principal or the individual to an extent. If you are standing there watching this happen and you think you will be fine, let me tell you a joke, Ian. Religious joke. Ooh. There's a guy in his house. This is, I love this one. And uh, he's watching the news and they say, dangerous storm is coming. Get out while you still can. And then the rain starts pouring very, very heavily. And then all of a sudden, a car, uh, he, he said, you know, he's, he's sitting there watching. And so he thinks to himself, I'll be fine. If anything bad happens, the Lord will save me. And then all of a sudden, you know, car pulls up. They come to his door. They bang on the door and they're like, you got to get out of here. Quick, get in the car. The storm's coming. The floods. No, no, no. The Lord will save me. And the guy says, no, are you nuts? Come on, get in the car. It's like, I'm going to be fine. I know my faith in the Lord will save me. And so they're like, all right. And they get in the car and they leave. The water rises. His first floor begins flooding. So he runs upstairs. Next, a boat pulls up to his window. Quick, get out of the house. We're evacuating. The flood's getting too bad. And he goes, no, I have faith in the Lord. The Lord will save me. No, come on. You can't stay here. You'll drown. No, I have faith in the Lord. The boat leaves. The waters rise. He climbs onto his roof. A helicopter flies over. A guy comes out later. Quick. Climb on, we're getting you out of here. And he goes, I have faith that the Lord will save me. Argues with the helicopter guy. The guys are like, are you crazy? Come on. Finally, they leave. He refuses. The waters rise. He drowns. Finds himself in heaven. And he's confused and exasperated. And then he finally gets to meet God. And he says, I, I believed in you. I had faith in you. Why didn't you save me? And he goes, I sent you a car, a boat, and a helicopter. What do you expect of me? Yeah. 
That's the way I, I view it. It's like you have these people who are literally being shown the door every step of the way, and they know exactly what's coming if they stay in the floodwaters. Sorry, dude. I, I, I spoke out on your behalf. I defended you during the trial. I defended the individual officers. At a certain point, what do you expect of me? I'm not going to sit here all day, every day saying, oh, no, the poor officers who know exactly what is going on with the rising floodwaters stayed in the sinking building. But what's the alternative? They leave and, and give the people what they voted for and asked for. And it's sad that it has to come down to them having, you know, a lot of these cops, they they wake up every day because they wanted to be public servants and they have these jobs and they wanted to kind of serve something greater, right? And they have to make the choice to resign or leave or not want to be involved. How many kid, how many kids, you know, w- wake up when they're eight years old and they're like, I want to be a cop someday. And now they don't even want to pursue that path because of all that's happening. And it, it I, I empathize. Sure. I mean, I totally see obviously where you're coming from, from a principal standpoint, but then also that it's sad that it's gotten to that point where those, those people have to make that choice. Yeah. I don't even think there's a compromise in, in, in blue flu. You know, blue flu no, is, it's when all the cops call in sick. Mm. That's, that's, that's a couple days. The state just convicted Derek Chauvin. The state does not care if you call in sick for a few days. The state will panic when there's no cops to protect them. Mm. We got a super chat here from Matt Volker. He says, every high profile person I see calling for defunding the police have access to private security. Even the Minnesota reps who demanded the defunding. When the cops are gone, there will be no one to protect the government buildings. And then you'll see the state start sweating bullets. So hire Blackwater. Maybe. Yeah, they would hire pro- private police. And then we'd... Bro, at a certain point... don't want mercenaries roaming the streets. You, you're, you're, you're like trying to prop up a broken system. It's not even... Well, the system's busted for sure. And so why do you keep advocating for something to, to keep it staying? Because I'm saying, I dude, think- give the people what they voted for. Well, stop I, trying to impose your will like on vi- them. If if the Minnesota police resign, then you would see police all over the country resigning. Yes, good. That that'd be my fear, and then you would see governments hiring private military contractors to fill the space. And, and you know you'd see why people getting their heads crushed in on no, the street? No, no, dude, dude, dude. You know one you, to you, answer you, to. If you want to live in a in a giant concrete block with small cubicles stacked on top of each other and everything smells like sour milk, you can do that if you'd like. And if you want to vote to disarm yourself, you can do that if you'd like. For me, once it happens around me, I choose to leave. As the riots were expanding in the Philadelphia area and the gun laws were restrictive and it was very difficult to protect myself, I said, I better not be here because now the National Guard, a thousand have been called into Philadelphia. Was not smart to stick around. That's true for any resident of any one of these cities. You choose what you want to do. If these cops all start resigning, I'm not worried about black water showing up in cities. We have a second amendment. The people who, who are standing up and saying on principle probably aren't all that w- worried all that much either. The people who are staying in these cities and are giving their tax dollars to prop the system up, at a certain point, I can offer you a car, a boat, and a helicopter. And if you don't take it, what do you expect of me? You keep advocating for some way to prop the system up, to keep it in, in place. No, I'm just saying don't rip it down. But I'm I not think saying rip it down. By encouraging the cops to all I'm saying resign. it is not my will to be done. If the people of the state said abolish the police, and they did. Yeah, but that's like a small minority of vocal idiots. No, The state people. voted blue, dude. Some people did, but not everybody. Sure. And I, I'm i all about dude, fixing cities. I'm you, all about fixing the system by if, creating lots of small cities with magnetic rails and, and small communities. But 
I don't think just destroying it right now faster to prove a point. That, I who mean, said that? Who said that? You're saying tell the no. cops to resign. So what that you don't chaos, understand Ian, so is that you see. think people should live the way you want them to live. No, no. Okay, so did no. the people vote for Kamala Harris? Some of them. It, do, do elections have consequences? Yeah. Should they have been responsible and known what they were voting for? Well, did the city council members vote to abolish the police? Yes, 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 yes. No, no. Should they have known what they're voting for? No, that's not the way the system works. You don't need to know who you're voting for. You don't need to know the consequences. No, you, you can should. vote for whoever you want. That's part of being okay. American. If you don't know that you're holding a blowtorch and you burn your house down, what do you expect of me? If you, if, if the city council literally voted to abolish the police, the police should say, okay, I'm out. Give the people what they're voting for. Stop acting like they should live by your rules, Ian. I'm not suggesting that. No one's people, voted to abolish those police right yes, now. Yes, they did. The police of Minnesota? The yes, of Minneapolis. they did. Who voted for that and when? The city the council city last council? year voted to abolish the Minneapolis Police last Department. Last year, not, not yesterday. Last year. Yeah. And then a bunch of cops resigned, and now they're in a desperate recruiting drive. Right. The city council was elected by people who voted for them. They wanted this. But they saw it didn't work. So then they hired new police. Well, they probably were getting backlash by the constituents because then the constituents are like, well, what is going on here? My city council was, that I voted for crime, to b- voted to abolish the police? Crime was skyrocketing. People started calling in the city council members and the council members started then changing their tune and the police department was never formally abolished. They then said, OK, we need to hire more police. Now the governor has declared a state of emergency. They're bringing in cops from, I think, Nebraska and Ohio and spending $9 million because they're desperate. Like the one Super Chat said, the cops should turn their backs. I'm not even necessarily saying that because that's one way to put it. I'm saying at a certain point, it is incumbent upon the officer or any individual to say, I know when I'm not wanted and they voted for me to leave. Stop trying to force your will on other people. Oh, no, no, no. That's, that's then, not a fair statement. Well, and it's also Why not? government. Because it was like two different conversations wrapped into one. What? Telling me to not force my will on other people had nothing to do with they, suggesting did, that did those Did they vote for Kamala should. Harris? They didn't vote for the police to resign. No it, one did that. Ian, they voted for city council members. They did it a year ago and realized they made a mistake and then tried was trying like, to rectify it. It was like six months, seven months ago. I'm sorry to interrupt you there, Kelly. No, you're fine. Let's read some more Super Chats. Yeah, yeah. What were you going to say? I forgot. Whatever. This is hot. I'm hot. It's this. <laughs> All right. Han says, I hope people understand when politicians call for abolishing police, they really mean replacing the police with the military so the federal government can control all the states. That This is their plan. Ah, exactly. Interesting. Now, they're talking about social workers. Hmm. Oh. They want social workers. Stanley says, police are not just responsible for themselves and the person they're arresting, but also for the people around them on a busy street. When a possibly violent person is around a load of civilians. That's right. I, you know what, man? I'm just, I'm just at a point where it's like, cops are not doctors. Cops are not marksmen. Cops are not Brazilian jiu-jitsu experts. Cops are not psychologists trained in de-escalation. They have some minimal training in all of these different areas a little bit. They go to a, they get certified for their gun. They have basic first aid. They know some de-escalation techniques. The people are asking for too much at a certain point. I'm just, you know what? I'll put it this way. I don't care what they do. I really don't. But I'm going to tell you this. When the next cop that gets arrested and charged with murder because they're trying to arrest somebody, you think I'm going to defend them? I got a good metaphor. If a guy falls off his bike and comes in busted leg, I will triage him. And then if I see him next week, he comes back in with, he broke his leg again. I would triage him again. Next week, same thing. I would triage him again and again and again forever because that is my job. Mm -hmm. And that's how I feel right now with this situation with the The cops. difference is the person who broke his leg walks in and you treat him. 
Then the next time he walks in, everyone else who's who's inside and, and injured saying, no, 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 stop treating that guy because I was here first. You should treat me. And you go, no, I'm going to treat him instead. Well, good point. I don't care what if, anyone if, else thinks. If he's clogging up the system, then that's that's a system that that's you got to consider that. Mm-hmm. How about this? The guy comes in with a busted leg and everyone starts screaming at you to stop treating him. Right. And, and you, you tell them well, to shut up. No, they stop. They scream at him to stop falling off your butt. No, no, no. Stop they scream at you. You're the doctor. You're the one providing the public service. And the person keeps getting hurt. And no matter how many times the people tell you to send him away, you're like, nah. No, because they swore a Hippocratic oath. They're not, they have to treat that's, the injured. Come on, dude. That's, that, that makes no sense. No, that's exactly what All the right. doctors are there for. We're, but we're talking about police. Black Czar says the masses, and in fact, they supported an oath of the Constitution. Black Czar says the masses not supporting the police doesn't mean the police disappear. Eastern Europe has police everywhere. They're, uh, every, everyone there hates. South America has police everyone there hates, etc. They are simply federalized as an unaccountable as our own FBI, our future. YT Stuff says the judge should have had Waters, Biden, and all other elected officials who voiced an opinion arrested for perjury. He asked them to stay silent, but they ignored him. No respect and totally corrupt. That's not what perjury is. Perjury is when you lie under oath. Contempt, maybe, but I don't think he has the authority to do that, so... Sonny James says, army recruits even more stupid than cops. If you can't defend your own land or self, what are you defending? I call it Jake Gardner paradox. Sacrifice for a country that won't defend your civil liberties, or don't you? Did he sign the contract? Did he sign that contract? Josiah Magnuson says, can we all be honest and admit that Philip DeFranco is not an objective news source anymore? Uh, I don't, I don't really watch Philip DeFranco stuff. My opinion of him now is that he, he probably just hired someone to do all the news reporting for him, hmm. and he probably just reads the copy. Like, I, I don't see him as somebody who actually reads the news. He always then, struck me as entertainer first. I've known him since 2006 yeah. when he was Sexy Phil. <laughs> S-X-E Phil. McCarthy86 says, Lof means run in German. Great name for when you're running for Congress. Lofen. Oh, in my Swiss it. dialect, it's Luf. 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 Oh, that's awesome. Dragon Lady says, Tim's right. My ex was a cop. He came home one day and cried in my arms for hours because he almost shot a 16-year-old who refused to drop what looked like a gun. We don't hear those stories. Awful. Yeah. Dan N. says, cops are not criminals. Yeah, no. Joey Martinez says, defund the police and the ATF is screwed. The government will screech to a halt. What the squad doesn't understand is some of us were built for war. Ian, welcome to America, bro. Law and order is such a great idea, and there are many shows about it. Mm. Yeah, Law and Order. <laughs> it's a great show. <laughs> They're doing a new one with I'm Chris surprised. Maloney. Oh, right. Really? Yeah, it's uh, organized crime. Ooh. I'm excited for that. It sounds fun. That sounds fun. I'm surprised Law and Order hasn't been kicked off of canceled. Yeah, canceled. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, have you ever seen SVU? Yeah. Stabler, Chris Chris Maloney's character is like a bad cop. He's not a good cop. Mm. He's a good dude. You can understand him that he wants to do good, but he like routinely violates people's rights in that show. Oh, it's a brutal show. Wandering Mage says, Tim, I agree with you about moving away from cities. I disagree with the idea that people can't afford to do. Be like these migrants. Better to be poor in a place safe from riots and gangs and find a new life. I think the goal is to replace cops with feds. So a lot of people are saying. Probably going to happen. All right. Colt Seaman says... Through all of this BS with the trial and the hypocrisy of the left, my dad realized that him and Ian have the same button-up shirt. 
Looking stylish, everyone. And did you hear hey. YouTube CEO Susan won a free speech award? <laughs> she won it from a sh- from an organization she sponsored. So mm-hmm. we to mention that last night. I would like to give yeah. a special shout out to your dad. Oh. Great taste in cool shirts. Cool shirt. I think this yeah. is a gift from Tim or something. That shirt <laughs> showed yeah. up in my closet me. someday. Just I don't know. It was a gift. Not for me. Magic. <laughs> Magical shirt. Del Fuego says, do any of you guys have any recommendations on audiobooks about U.S. history? Love you all, especially Ian. Oh, that's great. I love Dan Carlin. He's not Mm. an audiobook. He's a podcast. He's Mm -hmm. fantastic. Uh, The Great War. Uh, It's not really U.S. history. There's a YouTube channel called The Great War, Mm -hmm. and it was like the 100-year anniversary of... uh, of the World War One, and they go every every um, week. They would make a video about what happened that week. In very the, cool. Oh, that's really cool. It's not at all American history, but it's all good. <laughs> all right, Ashtonova says thanks, Catalina, for pointing out the hypocrisy of those who refuse to acknowledge what officers go through. You can have issues with policing and want reform without de- dehumanizing an entire profession. Yeah, it's true. Right I mean, it's sad. All right, Angry Waffle 2 says, I want to say the jury is cowards, but I'm also sitting on 19K Doge still on Robinhood because I don't want to close my account and be inconvenienced. I'm also trying to avoid short-term gains tax, though. Mm. Oh, there you go. Handyman says the jurors were chosen, but not for their heroism, Tim. Yeah, it's true. I see that. Yep. Team... Team N Ontario says, Ian and Tim, do you do you two ever play golf, disc golf more specifically? Whatever land you have, maybe a fun disc golf course in order. Yeah, we should we should set that up. I would do yeah, that. That'd be fun. Yeah, we should build that. That's a great idea. Blake Larum says, as a country, we need an influx of young, principled, and energetic politicians to move the country forward. There are too many lifelong politicians that keep getting elected for no apparent reason. It seems Catalina is a step in the right direction. Oh, thank you. you On both sides. What do you think about term limits? Oh, gosh. Huge proponent term limits. And somebody needs to actually have a backbone and push it through and champion it because uh, I think that's a big problem. We have too many um, people on both sides of the aisle that have been there for way too long. I mean, you're a career politician. Why do you have a career out of this? Go do something else. Let other people step up and solve problems and, you know, it's mind blowing to me why people are in office for 30 years and we're all okay and just sit around and we're like, oh, this is fine. Keep voting for them. Yeah. What? We got a, a, a decent super chat um, from somebody who is criticizing me but giving me lots of money. So thank you. Says, you're an idiot, Tim. You don't know what us Minnesotans, most not in the greater nine county metro area, don't live in. We're trying, especially um. as first responders. They're 51% vote for, for everything. The rest of us are trying to fix things. Yeah. Mm. I could see it. You're not an idiot, Tim. Salt, well, people are allowed to criticize me. It's true. Salty Kraken says, and I will read those. Uh, Tim, you're advocating for what the left wants. Demoralization, then destabilization. If the cops leave, it becomes a cascading failure and Marxists win. Mm. I do not believe so. I believe if they keep waiting, then the regular people become demoralized, thinking the police are ineffective and can't get anything done, when in fact it's the DAs. If the police leave very, very quickly, it'll be a shock to the system that will mm. force people to be like, whoa. So what's going to happen is there's going to be a very, very long, drawn-out period, which we're in, where the police refuse to to uh, walk away. And then the people will be like, the cops are here, though, and everything's getting worse. And then there's nothing. Then within a year, the cops are just considered nothing get disbanded. I also wonder from a internal political leadership perspective too, um, what do the higher ups say in these situations? Are they 
I wouldn't necessarily say this particular case, but across the country, how are they either advocating for their officers or, or not advocating and trying to kind of save face in a lot of ways too, from a PR perspective. I think that's another angle that people kind of miss as well. That's a good point. I'm concerned that what's going to end up happening is that each cop is going to face an instance like this and they're just going to be dragged out and like tarred and feathered, just like Chauvin was. And it's going to have to be on a case by case basis if they don't quit in mass like this. David Little says, Tim, you are wrong. Not everyone voted for these clowns. All the citizens have rights, not just the majority. Here, here. I, I, I yeah. agree. Yes. But I, I think at a certain point, like I've said, if your house is on fire, I don't know. They, yeah. I think your shock to the system is, is an interesting concept. The, it's, it's frogs boiling. Yeah, but if, you're- if the fire turns up to 10, the frogs immediately get shocked and jump out of the water. Mm-hmm. If they sit there as the water slowly boils, they just die. Because they don't realize the temperature is increasing. Mm. Yeah. I don't know. Alan Jin says, Ian always has this problem. He wants people to live how he wants, but then he gets mad and acts like he is some free thinker when you call him on it. Ian, you're a stone authoritarian. Recognize this. Oh. I'm, I like that conversation, actually, because if I am, I, I, would, I need to see that. But Max Henry says, I agree with Ian. What Tim is describing is tyranny of the majority. Mm. A community should not be able to restrict the rights of the individual. I agree with that. Interesting. Uh, okay. Um, I can't read. Zulickle says, do you ever call the cable company to tell them that they're doing a good job or just when they mess up? Now do police. Mm-hmm. Keep it the good work, Tim Castro. That's yep. the same everywhere. I try to leave good reviews. Yeah. It's like Yelp. A lot of people <laughs> see <Yes>. negative <laughs> comments and exactly. not you're, enough you're, good ones. Negativity bias. This, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll take a couple more, but this is a good one. Waffle Sensei says, Tim is defending these cops, but you can't do it all the same way over and over and over again. Got to get a little punk rock about it. Give them <laughs> what they ask for and be there to help when they get exactly that. Mm-hmm. When I tweeted all the cops should res- resign, a bunch of conservatives and leftists retweeted it. The leftists were like, yeah, all the cops should quit. And the conservatives were saying, yeah, they should quit to show the, you know, to give the people what they've asked for. I'm not saying the cops should resign in disgrace. I'm saying they should resign in defiance of a a community of political leaders who would sacrifice them to the woke mob while also demanding they sacrifice their lives in the line of duty. These cops go out there expected, as I said, to be doctors, to be psychologists, to be jujitsu experts. They risk dying when they, when, when a guy, in, in a car is wanted for aggravated robbery and has a gun. That cop's going to jail now. She, she's locked up already. Manslaughter charge. Because a guy who was wanted on an on a gra- aggravated robbery charge with a gun jumped in his car resisting arrest. So the politicians go, officer, you might die. There's not the greatest risk of all professions. I think oil, petroleum engineers have a higher risk of death, but it's a scary job. Now we're also asking that in the event you do fear for your life, we're going to put you in prison. How does that sound? Regarding the girl that shot the dude on the gun chart that was wanted for aggravated murder or aggravated assault, aren't they supposed, if, if a guy is resisting arrest, jumps in his car and turns to the, aren't they supposed to shoot to kill in that point? They're, in, they're, they're entitled to. Mm-hmm. There's so arguments that. charged. Exactly. Because the politicians expect the police to be everything all at once and to be the scapegoat for their problems. Okay. Thank you for clarifying. I think a lot of it too, though, is it's, about the divide 
I mean, this is all also about, I mean, think about how many other situations that these are, again, very complex. Think about all these other situations that happen. But why was this one on a mass scale publicized and then our elected, the left, Biden, Maxine Waters, again, back to that point, why this case? Yeah. And it goes into this kind of, I think, greater division tool. Um, and that's actually, I think, a little bit more. I think that's this. That's the scary part. Is yeah. is this poli- public pressure and politi- politicization of everything for a higher purpose of ultimate division? It empowered people politically. Mm-hmm. That's what it was about. All right, let's do one more super chat. We got Lumberjack Darrow says, "This is for you, Ian. I agree with your sentiments tonight. Your neighbor from the north." Hello, sir. All right, we'll, we'll do we'll do we'll do two more super chats. They just popped up and they're short. Jeff D says, "I'm joining Timcast. Yes. I lost the Kate Awakening. What is that? No, oh, I don't know. Well, go to Timcast.com and become a member. And the last one is Jason Van Cleve with a poop emoji. <laughs> All right, that pretty much sums it up. Concise. We are going to have an exclusive members only segment coming up at around 11 p.m. at Timcast.com. So go there, become a member. There's a massive library of exclusive segments and even so full good. episodes. Check it out. You'll love it. We swear like crazy. <laughs> uh, and don't forget to like, fun share. Part. Oh yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Like, share, subscribe. You can follow me on social media at Timcast everywhere across the board. We have a new Instagram account, Timcast IRL on Instagram. So great. And it's going to be, it's going to have clips from the show. We also have a Facebook page, Timcast IRL. You just search for it. I think it's facebook.com slash Timcast IRL. Like that because we're going to be putting up shorter clips from the show. You can follow my other YouTube channels, youtube.com slash Timcast and youtube.com slash Timcast News. We also have the Cast Castle vlog channel now live with one episode officially up. So Another one is already done and will be up soon. And we're already going to be filming and even bringing on a professional vlogging individual because we're going to do a daily show with all the crazy shenanigans in the house. So it's going to be awesome. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, this show is live Monday through Friday at 8 p.m. So we will be back tomorrow. Catalina, do you want to mention your social media? Yeah, well, thanks for listening. Um, Catalina Lauf on all social media platforms and CatalinaForCongress.com. That's my website. Uh, You can also follow me at iancrossland.net. I'm at iancrossland. And I really want to encourage you guys to go check out the the Cast Castle vlog. (laughs) I think it might end up being the biggest Tim Pool channel on the internet, (laughs) the way it looks. Because it's family friendly. People love it. It's like family friendly. It's so cool. It's so cribs like. Like the music and the editing, I mean, it's great. Chicken City is coming too. Yes, Ooh, we we bought the chicken uh, nipple water thing that someone recommended. Mm-hmm. Very, very great recommendation, and I was amazed because right now they're pullets, they're very young, and they immediately walked up and just knew how to do it. Mm-hmm. I I, did, I was I shocked by it. that. Yeah, so there's like this little piece of metal that when you push it in. The water can come out. And they walked right up and started pecking at it and getting the water. I was like, how do they know that? (laughs) Natural law. (laughs) It's designed that way, I suppose. Yeah, Yeah, well, it has to be super simple so that chickens can use it. And I am so excited about what we're doing with the Instagram and the IRL Facebook. Guys, go follow and appreciate my pal's work over there. Those super <laughs> short clips are super funny, super awesome. He's putting in the work. Um, I am Sour Patch Lids on Twitter. Please join me in my journey to surpass Sour Patch Kids in follower count. We will see you over at TimCast.com in the exclusive members-only segment. Thanks for hanging out. We'll see you there. Bye, guys. 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18+. Plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.